1: Your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. Arsenal field deep. Bam going back. Looking up. He will watch it fly. And 29 other MLB clubs. 2 2 pitch on Trout, and he
0: blasts one. Way back. Goal. Real. Cody Bellinger It's one out. He oh.
2: So he's your home run derby champion.
1: Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe. From spin rate to juiced balls to game changing moments, we have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town only on A's Cast Live. Live. Here's Chris Townsend.
2: I cannot believe I'm saying this. I wasn't sure if I'd ever say this in 2020. Happy opening day. How great is this? This is one of the greatest days of my life. I have missed baseball like you wouldn't believe. I've missed you, the fans. I've missed these A's players. I've missed Bob Melvin. I've missed talking to Dave Cavill and David Forrest on a regular basis. We're finally getting our lives back. Well, at least
3: for Cody and I. Cody, happy opening day. I'm glad we finally made it. It's not that I didn't want to watch. I didn't enjoy watching Gabe Kapler use nine pitchers in back-to-back days and exhibition oh, games. God. And uh, watching the, the Yankees and, and uh, Nationals last night was a good game. Get, I told you, no complete games are going to happen in 2020. We saw two last night, uh, thanks to the rain-shortened game. So that uh, prediction has uh, been blown up, so that's already gone. But I, I'm, I'm excited to get this started for, for the A's, for, for Major League Baseball. My beloved Pirates play today, but who cares? They're going to be terrible. So it's all or nothing for the A's right now, and I can't wait to get it started tonight with Mike Trout in town. So I'm very excited
2: the 53rd season in oakland the a's have won 16 american league west titles 4 al wild cards 6 al pennants and 4 world championships they finished spring training 13 and 10 and this is the shortest season since the previous low where everybody got in 109 back in 1981 the strike shortened season And here we go. I mean, you don't even have time to blink and this thing's going to be over. It's 60 games. You cannot start slow. But things have changed a little bit, and we will get into that. But we have an outstanding lineup to get you ready for a little A's baseball coming up against the Angels. And we'll keep you updated on everything going around the league. Our old friend, now the bench coach, a World Series champion with the A's, Mike Gallego will join us at 3 30. The guy starting at second base tonight, and you know, he's he he he's he's gonna make it tough to keep to keep him out of the lineup and and kind of forcing Bob Melvin's hand right now. Chad Pender will be with us at four o'clock. At four thirty, Dave Cavill, the president of your Oakland Athletics, will be here. Bob Melvin, the skipper, as I told you, we're going to get the Bob Melvin show going again. It'll be on at 5 o'clock today. And then David Forrest, the general manager show, will be at 5.30. So Gallego at 3.30, Pinder at 4, Cavill at 4.30, Melvin at 5, and Forrest at 5.30. It's been 296 days since the A's last played a game, and we remember what a disaster that was. That was the wild card game against the Rays. But now you got the Angels. The Angels come into town. Let's get it on. Cannot wait. You know for the A's. I was reading this in the game notes. They have opened it home so many times. It's unbelievable. I think I want to say their the last 11 they've opened at home. Did I see that correctly, Commander, in the game notes?
3: I have to pull open the game notes. I know we got them. But I haven't got a chance to read them yet, but it seems like the last few years at least, the A's been opening either at home or in Japan. Well, it's Japan last year, but it feels like prior to this year, it was every year, was against the Mariners and, and uh, Felix Hernandez. But uh, this year in this year, and I think, what was it, two years ago, it was the Angels. Uh, even the home opener last year was against the Angels, so uh, I'll pull up the game and see if I can find that, too. But it seems like every opening day recently has been at the Coliseum. Yes.
2: Yeah, it's uh, I. you know what the problem is, folks, is we can't print the game notes. It's not like we normally have the game notes in front of us. I get to highlight everything. That's <laughs> it's it's, uh, it's all on your computer now, and it's much tougher to read on your computer. But, you know, a lot of uh, opening days for the athletics in Oakland and. The one thing that I want everybody to be a part of this because it is really, really cool. I want you to be part of our cutouts right now. We found out from Dave Cavill and you'll hear this later that we lead all of major league baseball and cardboard cutouts. And they're raising a lot of money for the community fund. So whether you want to have you, your spouse, boyfriend, girlfriend, son, daughter, dog, cat. Everybody's given some type of picture, and we're putting you up. We found out today, and this is hilarious, way up on Mount Davis, and Steve Finelli give him a lot of credit too, and his staff, but way up in Mount Davis, they're putting visiting fans, cardboard cutouts. So there's like Astros fans, Giants fans, and <laughs> this thing's hilarious. Go to athletics.com slash cutouts. That's athletics.com slash cutouts and get your cutout inside the Coliseum. And then of course, Stephen Piscotti, his area. If a foul ball lands in that area and uh, on your seat, around your seat, you're going to get the baseball. Super cool stuff. Athletics.com slash cutouts. I'm also really curious to see what our post-game show is going to be like. A's talk. Because every single win is like winning 2.7 games. Every single loss is like losing 2.7 games. These games, it's more like a football season. These games mean so much. It's so different than what we have seen in the past. And Frankie Montas is going to get the ball. And Frankie, last time we saw Frankie on the mound, he looked fabulous. September 25th, he got a no decision allowing one run in six innings and in a 3-2 win by the A's over the Angels. And that's one thing that we talked with, with Ray Fossey about. Like the first guy out of the gate, we were talking about DeGrom. DeGrom left like in the fifth inning you imagine facing someone like DeGrom or Verlander or Scherzer or Cole or Frankie Montas on opening day? I mean, you you just got a few at-bats in at summer camp, and now you're facing a dude throwing 98 to 100 miles an hour with that wicked split finger. Uh, That's how you want to start your season out? That's no day at the beach. Let's look at the active streaks going into this season. Uh, Lurie Garcia and David Dahl, both have a 10 game hit streak. Kevin Biggio. Did I, did you know this cat, uh, Cody longest active on base streak? Gavin, Kevin Biggio, son of the hall of famer, Craig Biggio. He's got, he's been on base
3: 29 straight games. I would have assumed it would have been Bo Bichette because he had that incredible start to his career last year. And it seemed like every other time we were talking about the baby Jays last year, it was Bo Bichette doing something, not Kevin Biggio, not Guriel, not um, uh, Vlad Guerrero Jr. It, it was Bo Bichette. But uh, I'm not surprised. I mean, his dad's – he got the lineage. His dad's a Hall of Famer, 3,000 hits. He got on base a lot. So I could, I could see it, but I, I'm surprised by that, yes. Okay,
2: so I, I don't know about the Biggio family. Uh, is this one of those
3: where every kid gets named with a C? I don't know. What they, I don't know what his other kids' names are. I guess we'll have to research Biggio's <laughs> kids' names.
2: I, I'm not going to. I'm just wondering. You know, Craig Biggio, Kevin Biggio. Uh, he, leader in the clubhouse for most scoreless innings heading into this year
3: is Jacob DeGrom at 23. And what he throw today? Five. I make it 28 straight scoreless innings for Mr. Cy Young, Jacob DeGrom.
2: And there are a lot of bold predictions going on where uh, I got my guys from MLB Network. You got someone says the Padres will finally throw a no-hitter. Aaron Judge will hit 25 home runs. Twins win the World Series. Josh Hader is the NL Cy Young Award winner. Casey Mize is the American League Rookie of the Year. Shohei Otani will be the AL MVP. Anything goes. We don't know. We don't know what twenty with with sixty games is going to be like. We actually have no clue. And now, probably the coolest thing, if you haven't heard it, is the fact that we're going to have the expanded playoffs, which I think is great. Why not? I think. Well, I. I, I I think the biggest thing about this is not only it puts more teams in, that's obvious, more teams get a chance to try and win the World Series. But to me, what it does, it's going to keep us from having that log jam at the end of the year where we got a bazillion tiebreakers. So that is something that I'm happy we are not going to see. I'm trying to look in the notes they have. You do have it on our notes Explain how it's going to
3: work? Yeah, it's in the uh, second segment there. Uh, you mentioned all, all the stuff that's happening, and you, last night we saw John Carlos Stanton hit a home run. Oh. I, wa- I wanted to get this in. While the Mets have a new home run leader of the year, let's take a listen to who it is.
2: And he tries one, deep left field. The seventh.
3: So there it is. Good for, good for him. Yo, as I said, I asked you the question of, what, a week ago? Will Ioannis Cespedes lead the Mets in home runs? You laughed at me. I scoffed at you. Laughed. Whatever. It could happen. Polar Bear not looking good in this game today. Ioannis Cespedes. <laughs> that was a moonshot home run, too. You couldn't see it, but he, was a, he crushed that ball. Are, are you panicking over Scherzer already? Uh, I was. I mean, he had 11 strikeouts, but it's never too soon to hit the old. He gave up seven but, runs in the exhibition game too. He's struggling. It's time to. Is it is it over for Mad Max?
2: I mean, is he is he is he is he looking at retirement? Is that where we're at? But trust me, there's going to be a lot of panicking. Just get ready. Because the old, hey, it's early. Yeah, we we don't have that. You get out to a bad start right out of the gate, people are gonna panic. All right, it's, this is fascinating. All right. So the agreement between MLB and the Players Association, they did it right. They had to do it right before first pitch, so they got it done. The postseason expands to 16 games. The higher seeds in the wild card series will host all three games. The top three seeds in each league will go to the divisional winners, East, Central, West, in order of record. The next three seeds, 4, 5, and 6, will go to the teams that finish in second place in their division in order of record. And the final two seeds, 7 and 8, will go to the two teams with the best records regardless of division and division standings. Get it? That's what we got. More than half the league is going to make the playoffs. Major League Baseball now will look like the NBA, and it will look like the NHL. And what have we seen in the NHL? Haven't seen it in the NBA. I still believe the Houston Rockets... Remember I haven't been covering baseball I mean basketball for a couple of years. But I believe the Houston Rockets back with Hakeem Olajuwon when they won it back to back years when Jordan was playing baseball because supposedly he was burned out which I still don't buy that. Um
3: I believe the Rockets are the lowest seed ever to win the NBA Finals. Is that correct? It's a good trivia question. Let's find out cuz I know in the NHL the L.A. Kings were the AC. what was that, six or seven years ago And they won the Stanley well, Cup? Shark, Sharks fans remember. So
2: you've got eight teams in the, in the American League, and you've got eight teams in the National League. This is anybody's game. There is no favorite. When you start playing, this is a tournament. You know how many times the best team doesn't win the tournament? What do you got?
3: Oh, it's the Rockets. You're right. Ninety-five. Well, what, what, what seed were they? Um, I know they were forty-seven and thirty-five. Uh, let's see. It just it was point It just had like a little of the write-up. It doesn't say uh, they became the lowest seed, sixth. They were the sixth seed in the in the Western Conference.
2: So no seven, no eight seed has ever won the NBA Finals. And as Cody said, I think we have. I think we've had two or three now. NHL teams win with the eight seed but that just shows you how deep the postseason is. I mean, how many times has the number one team not won the NCAA tournament? Uh, That's most of the time. Because it's a tournament. Everything changes. I mean, are, are you trying to tell me that the Marlins can't beat the Dodgers two out of three? Yeah, they can. Anybody can beat anybody two out of three, and then you move on. I've got a feeling, and this is good for Rob Manfred, and I know a lot of people have been critical of, of the commissioner, but one thing that I like about him, and we got to interview him before the wild card game, so we can't call him friend of the program. The thing I like, I, I, I don't know if he's a good negotiator. I don't know how that works. I don't know if it's him, if it's Tony Clark, if it's both of them, whatever. I do know the guy is not afraid to make change, and this is exactly what baseball has needed. It needs to be refreshed. It needs something new. It needs a you know, the engine in the car still works. You know what baseball reminded? Me, give you an analogy. It reminded me of my G thirty five Infinity. I had 298 thousand miles on it. I'm a road warrior. I had to get rid of it, and I I didn't have to get rid of it because of the engine. The engine was still fine. They always told me, "Hey, the engine looks great." Problem was, everything around the engine was falling apart. My upholstery was cracking. I needed a paint job. I mean, there was all kinds of stuff. You know, my my, my technology was out, out to date. Your mirror is falling off. My my <laughs> skunk donkey ran, took off my, my mirror at a Raider game, and it was just hanging by a wire. And then I had to duct tape it, my side mirror. Oh, yeah. Everything was falling apart but the engine. That's how I feel about baseball. I see baseball's engine, still great, still runs, still going to get you A to B. But you got to liven it up. Because these younger kids, we got to get them watching and listening to the sport. Now, they're playing it. See, that's something that they're a little misnomer when people say, oh, you know, the younger generation. Hey, trust me, I live right across the street from Little League heaven. And there's th- th- three fields across the street from my house. Uh, normally, during the Little League season, there's there's parents and kids everywhere. More kids are back to playing baseball. Less kids are playing football. But now we got to get them watching it. And so, one way you get them to watch it is how many teams are going to have a shot to make the playoffs? You're going to have a boatload of teams. So that means there's going to be more interest in your cities. So instead of just, okay, couple division winners, quick wild card game, nor- now you're going to have half the league is going to the playoffs. So ha- you're going to have 16 cities jacked up for playoff baseball. They're going to be excited. And it's going to get more people interested. And especially during this pandemic, because we don't know. We don't know when a treatment's coming. We don't know when a vaccine's coming. We don't know how life's going to be. Remember, this is just two months. Two months from now, we are going to have the playoffs. I'm I'm so excited. I haven't been this excited in a long time. Because we've all been cooped up, but it's now time to watch some baseball. And hope to God they don't get out to a slow start. But certain things, as I mentioned, you know, sprucing up your game. I have a feeling we're going to love this extra innings with a guy starting on second base. Traditionalists, you'll get over it. Universal DH, you'll get over it. You're going to notice, you know what? I'd rather, watch, I'd rather watch Jock Peterson, DH for the Dodgers, than have Walker Bueller come to the plate. It's just that's just the way it is, and I know I say this all the time, but it's it's what I say. This is how I combat my National League brethren, where you're the only you're the only level of baseball not using the DH, because everywhere else, high school all the way up to the American League, everybody's got it, and now you got it, and you know what? You're going to like it, because pitchers bunting, ugh, double switches, ugh, what for? What 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 for? Oh, my guy's throwing a good game. Well, I uh it's a close game, so I gotta take my starter out because I got to put a pinch hitter in there. So now maybe, maybe, maybe guys like DeGrom for Cody can go longer in games because he doesn't get pinch, pinch hit for. And I and I'm gonna tell you, I am not a fan of 16 innings. I'm not a fan of that and i know everybody's like uh, you know, i've i've had callers come after me on, on on that for for years i'm like well that's great you may like 16 innings but i've got proof that the majority of everybody else other than the hardcore traditionalists they don't like it do you know what the television ratings are in any 15 it flatlines radio ratings streaming ratings no one's in the ballpark Everybody's asleep. They got to go to work the next day. So great. 5,000 people hang around to watch 16 innings of baseball. And then a guy like me has got to come on and do the post game after that? No, thanks. And it wrecks your pitching. It can affect you for a week having those games. Once again, there's now 3,000 people in the ballpark. They're the only people entertained by it. Everybody else has gone to sleep. So if you can make games quicker, and because of that, I'm all for that. There's going to be a lot of new rules, and I have a feeling we're going to like them. Because the old expression, once the toothpaste is out of the tube, you can't put it back. So how are you going to go back to less teams in the playoffs? How are you going to go back? You don't go back. Something's really going to have to fit. And I don't think that I I think there's going to be so much excitement. As, as, as how many times have people said 162 games is too many games? Even 82 games for the NBA, 82 games for the NHL is too many games. Well, now we're going to see that. Now we're going to see what a sprint looks like all the way into massive playoffs. I think it's going to be fantastic.
3: Cody, do you like the 16? Uh, I'm a huge fan of it because I've been saying that. I mean, let's just use a couple examples of this. And this is examples of two teams that I like, the A's and the Pirates. Let's start with the A's. They won 97 games back-to-back years. They played in a one-game playoff. They're done. Now you have a three-game series where, in theory, last year the A's would have hosted the race for three games then the year before they would play three year they would play three games at Yankee Stadium. A few years ago the Pirates won ninety eight games and had to play in a wild card game because the Cardinals won hundred and the Cubs won ninety seven. They lost in the wild card game. So as a fan of a team, two teams have been to the wild card game too many times in the last decade. I love this expansion for postseason. It gives players more money too, so that helps going forward. And you, if you're a fan of a team that's a fringe playoff team like a, like the White Sox or or the Reds or Bob Townsend's Padres, or even – a team that I like this year, and I, I was going to mention this team, I think I might have before, I like the Marlins. I don't know why there's something about the makeup of Donnie Baseball, Francisco Cervelli, Corey Dickerson, Brian Anderson, just the the, the match of talent they have. and they, I mean, they play in the, probably the toughest division in baseball, but I, I just feel like they're – it gives – well, no one in Miami cares about baseball, but it gives a team like that hope that they can make the playoffs maybe this year in 60 games where – we, we pretty much can assume that the Orioles are not going to make the playoffs. And congratulations to a uh, friend of the program and, and uh familiar A, Tommy Malone, as he's now starting opening day today for the Orioles, as John Means is on the injured list. So it's just uh, the Orioles, uh, yeah, they're not planning on winning this year, but I'm a big fan of it. And I know this is something you might like. The A's lineup is out for tonight as well. Okay,
2: hold on. i got to get back to Tommy Malone. Okay, all right. Good kid. I like him. But when Tommy Malone's your opening day starter, I mean, seriously. Are you, are you kidding? I mean, Tommy Malone's your opening day. I mean, that's, oh, wow. Um, now, yeah, it, it's, uh, and you're going to look really bad if you're not one of these 16 teams, by the way. I mean, if half the league makes it and you don't even make it, that means you're bad. You're really, really bad. And the A's the last two years in the last 60 games have won 39 and 38 games. So I got to think that record gets you in. And really at this point, you just got to get in. Playing on playing at playing on the road or playing at home with no fans, is it really going to matter? I, I was reading this stat that usually 53% of the time the home team wins. I mean, that's not a big, big margin, 53%. So the home field advantage, I mean, look at last year's World Series. Every every road team won the World Series game on the road. No one won at home. And now with no fans, I mean, as, as, as haunting and scary as all of our cutouts in the stands, I just don't think that's going to intimidate Major League Baseball players. Because you send a, a picture of your cat and Tony La Russa's next to a dog. I don't think these guys are going to be intimidated. So, home field advantage, just throw, I mean, just throw it out the window. What does it matter? And then you have Sun franchises. As you mentioned, the Marlins. Uh, having, having been to that ballpark, uh, they're used to playing without fans. So I don't think it's going to be a big deal. <laughs> Tampa. <laughs> Some people would say us. <laughs> I mean, It's not like, you know, you're getting eight grand a game. It's not like you're packing the stadium. And I can tell you the one the one Marlins game I've been to, uh, there was no Marlins man there and there had to have been like 2000 people in the stands. So, and you could hear people's conversations. That's how bad it was. All right. Give me, give, give me the, give me. I don't know. Where's my scorebook? What, are the lineups out? What do we got?
3: So we got leading off, playing shortstop, Marcus Simeon. Didn't see that coming. Uh, batting second, playing center field, Ramon Loriano. I'm not Dick Callahan, so I'm not gonna try. Really, Ramon Laureano's hitting second. Yeah, batting third and playing third, Matt Chapman, mustacheless now. By the way, he shaved off the mustache. Batting fourth and DHing, Chris Davis. Batting fifth and playing first base, Matt Olson. Batting sixth and playing at second base, Chad Pinder. Batting seventh and playing left field, Mark Canna, batting eighth and playing right, Stephen Piscotti, and batting ninth playing catcher, Sean Murphy. That is a solid lineup. You don't have a hole in that lineup. There's no
2: there's no easy out in that lineup. Not one, and and don't call me a homer. If you go through those names again, there's not one easy out in that lineup. I did a little research. Would you like to hear what Matt Olson hit against the Angels in 2019? Let's hear it. He hit a whopping 636 with five home runs, 11 RBIs, in 15 games against the Halos, is that any good? Six thirty-six. I think I think some people would take that. I got another one. You, you want You want you want to? <laughs> you want a, just a stupid one on Trout?
3: Besides his home runs against the A's, is there something better than yeah.
2: that? We always go around. What does he have now? He's up to like 33, 34, something like that against the A's?
3: Yeah, it's somewhere. I'll, I'll pull it up. I'm, I'm trying to find that one guy in the A's lineup, his numbers against the Angels, but let's hear this: the Trout number. Okay. Mike Trout's
2: best 60-game stretch, OPS, versus his worst 60-game stretch of his career. Okay? His best 60 games was May 30th through August 10th, his OPS 1187 his worst april 24th through june 20th these are all last year 1015 his worst 60 games last year was still over a
3: thousand OPS that's crazy I mean, to some, there's a reason why he's the second best player in baseball behind Christian Yelich. <laughs> that article is out, by the way. Our friend Hembo, his article is out. I haven't read it yet, but it. it I hope it, he's it,
2: getting trashed. That uh, nonsense.
3: Uh, there was. I was reading the comments from the story when he tweeted it. A lot of people were like, "Come on, bro. This is dumb. This is clickbait." Clickbait. Uh, Mike Trout
2: led all AL qualifiers last year in on-base slugging OPS plus. Because remember, he got hurt, so he didn't finish the year. But he still led on base, slugging, and OPS+. plus, Led everybody in the American League, which, of course, led to his third MVP. And something that's going to be, and I know we got to get to Mike Gallego here, something to watch is players whose wives are pregnant. Mike Trout's wife, Jessica, and Mike are expecting their first child. The due date is August third. And we found out today. I don't think this was on the air, was it? About Chad? No, it wasn't. We were, just, we, were, we were just talking, but Chad Pender's wife's pregnant. There's gonna be guys all around the league whose wives are pregnant. I don't know what the protocol is. You know what? I should ask David Forrest. I forgot. We'll have to ask him next week, because I'm thinking when you leave the team. And, you know, because what's what's paternity leave now in baseball? It's like three days, four days, something like that. You get a couple days.
3: Yeah, I'm not sure. I never looked at that's one thing I've never looked up for baseball. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's like three or four days. Maybe it's a week. I don't
2: know. You know, back in the day, they didn't get time off. So if you had a baby, like when my grandfather was playing in the 40s and the 50s, if you, you know, and you were were riding around on trains, if your wife gave birth, you weren't there. You played. It's really dramatically different than what it used to be. But if you leave the bubble, I'm assuming when you come back, you, I don't think they are just going to let you just roll right back in. I think you're going to have to be out for I mean, they're going to test you, and then I think you probably have to be out for what 14 days.
3: I think it's, so. I think it's 14 days. Yeah, when you even when you test positive, I think you have to self quarantine for 14 days, and so then the two negative tests. But you don't, probably don't do the two negative tests. You just have to self quarantine since you're leaving. But I don't know how. I don't. There, maybe there's an exception. Uh well, it means it means it it it, it means
2: he's not going to miss that. He's going to miss time, but he won't miss that much time. I'm Speaking of Trout. Right. If she gives birth on August 3rd, a couple days, comes back, he'll still have the whole month of September. And then I'm assuming, I don't know. I mean, they have to be really, really bad, but they got talent. Their pitching's not great, but when Rendon comes back and you got Shoei and you got pool holes and you got all these dudes, I have to assume that the Angels will be one of the 16 teams in the postseason. So Mike Trout shall be in the postseason for just the
3: second time in his career. That's still crazy to me, and he hasn't won a game. 34 home runs against the A's in his career, 18 at the Coliseum. So we'll see how I'm many.
2: Glad you, I, I, I'm, I'm glad you looked that up. So say that again.
3: 34 home runs in his career versus the A's. Uh-huh. 18 are at the Coliseum. 18? Yep.
2: Yeah, because that's something we do. De- and, and then it's always like, who's got the most? Oh, it's Palmero and A-Rod. But really, all time against the A's, it's Babe Ruth, who had 108 against the uh, Philadelphia
3: Athletics. The The only teams that he has more home runs against in his career are the Seattle Mariners with 41 and the Texas Rangers at 36. Somehow, I don't know how, I guess I kind of understand it, in 56 or 58 games against the Orioles, he has 20 home runs. <laughs> the guy's pretty
2: good. All right, earlier today, we got a chance to catch up with an old friend. Mike Gallego was, you know, he's been a part of the A's family for many, many years as a player winning the World Series, uh, being on the coaching staff and getting to know him over the year. Gags is just a he's a terrific guy. And he's now the bench coach for Joe Madden. So we got a chance to to hook up with Gags right here on A's Cast Live. Well, it's great to have him back. He's an absolute A's legend. He's a World Series champion. He was one of the great coaches for the Oakland Athletics, and now he's doing his thing for the Los Angeles Angels. It's always great to have him back here on A's Cast Live. Mike Gallego, how are you?
4: Hi, Chris. I'm doing great. It's great to to be back home. Uh, I would say I I can't wait to uh, see all my ex coaches and teammates and uh, the fans, but one out of three is not bad anyways.
2: Well, I got to tell you, during this break, we honored the 1989 team. Uh, of course, the team you were on and won a world championship. And, you know, looking back and we, we actually played the the ALCS against the Blue Jays on NBC California, and then we played the World Series you know, before we start talking about this season, reminiscing about that year, what a great run it was! But winning the World Series in 1989—talk about how that truly is one of the most complete teams in the history of the game.
4: Well, you know, there is there is definitely quite a few rock stars on that team, no doubt. Um, uh, but the amazing thing—all the different personalities, all the uh, uh, different superstars—we had uh, Tony uh, Corraldis. Uh, by the first pitch every single day and uh, he got us all thinking you know the same way you know all we did was one positive thing uh, to help in a baseball game and when you have that much talent and thinking so elementary like that uh, it put things in perspective and and allowed us to play the good fundamentally sound baseball we actually played with the abundance of of, uh, uh, super talent you know so with that combination, uh, obviously we were a pretty tough team to beat that year, and, and uh, you know we also, uh, you know, uh, held each other accountable, and um, you know at the same time it's baseball. It was just baseball. We went out and had a good time. We had a lot of fun. Like I said, we had a lot of different personalities for sure, and um, you know uh, believe me, it was it was uh, uh, a laugh a minute, but at the same time we were very focused and and uh, uh, you know paid uh, much attention to uh, the task at hand and what we had to do on the field every single day.
2: You know, Dave Stewart told us that there were some hotels, there were so many people there, autograph seekers and fans. You guys couldn't go through the, the front lobby. You had to go in the back door.
4: Well, uh, most of them did. I, I was able to walk right through and nobody recognized me, so I, I had no problem with any of that. <laughs> that was uh You know, it's a funny thing now. It's, it's now with everyone wearing masks, nobody can recognize anybody, but they recognize me. I don't understand that. <laughs> hey,
2: hey, hey, you're a legend. Who are you kidding? Stop down playing it. Uh you know, we're going into this season. Obviously, it's 60 games and 66 days. Uh as a coach, I mean, how do you see it? It's kind of like anybody's game.
4: Oh, I mean, it's up for grabs You know, uh, you know, we all know how this game can go and and uh, you know. With a regular season, you know, it's usually those those stronger teams that, you know, uh, come out on top, obviously. Uh, you know, they just wear other teams down. Um, but with 60, 60 games like this, um, like you said, it, it could be anybody's game. All it takes is one or two hot streaks, and you're right in the thick of things. So, uh, obviously, there's going to be, you know, you have to pay more, even more attention uh, to every single uh play that you make every single run that counts um you know the, every single pitch it, it, the, old, the old pain, one pitch at a time it really comes true this season with this uh 60 game uh uh protocol that we have for for the for the mlb
2: you mentioned uh, coming back home tonight to Oakland and what it means to you, and I got to think the same thing for Joe Madden and all the years he was with Mike Socha, uh down there in Anaheim. What, what's his return been like?
4: It, this this man is, uh, you know, I, I've been fortunate to be a part of a lot of a lot of great teams and and play for great managers and work for great managers and coaches. Uh, this guy's special. Uh, talk about a guy that's down to earth. Uh, he loves the game. He loves his team. He loves his paper, his players. He loves the fans. He just loves what he does. And um, it, you know, it reflects on us. You know, we come to the ballpark and talk about a guy that's, you know, a cool cucumber. This guy is just nice and relaxed, um, but at the same time doesn't miss a beat. And uh, we have uh, him, you know, at the helm running, running the ship. And uh, uh, he, he, he brings this relaxed atmosphere. the ball club the players uh you know respond to that the coaching staff he allows us to do our job Uh, he never micromanages anybody uh but at the same time like i said he's paying attention to everything that we do you may not think he is but he is but uh, he likes to have fun he's uh um you know a little he's got a lot of old school in him but at the same time he's on top of all the analytical side of things and and uh Uh, A a guy that is uh, very well prepared and uh, I'm looking forward to, you know, I've been in the game for quite a few years years now and and I'm excited to uh, uh, be schooled by him and, and, you know, continue to learn and, and, uh, uh, you know, I'm thankful for my opportunity and and I'm really excited about the the ball club that we we are going to bring out on that field every single day and and the, the coaching staff that I'm a part of.
2: You know, you played with some of the greatest players who have ever lived and you've been around him also as a coach. When you see Mike Trout every single day, how good really is he and who does he compare to?
4: Well, um, he doesn't compare to one guy for sure. I mean, you you, you see a lot of different superstars in this guy, you know, with, with his speed, you know, you can talk his speed and. And, you know, you think of uh, a Ricky Henderson speed. Uh, You talk about his knowledge of the game. And you you think about a Carney Lansford. Uh, You think of his power. And obviously the McGuire and Conseco come to it. Uh, uh, His athleticism, uh, you know, is uh, tremendous. You know, uh, and you think about a Walt White athleticism. But this is baseball instinct and baseball knowledge. You know, you got to go back to the old school, you know, know, uh, Mickey Mantle, those type of guys uh, you know, he, he, he reminds me of, and, and, uh, you know, as far as a person, this guy is unbelievable. I mean, he's a guy that is so humble and, um, he's one of those coach, one of those players that he's always looking to get better. You know, he's, he'll pick your brain. He'll ask for extra work. He's usually the first one at the ballpark and the last one to leave. And I mean, he's not, he's not at the ballpark early and, and playing video games. He's in the, he's in the weight room. He's in the cage. He's in the trainer's room. He's out there, you know, working on his defense. You know, this kid is one of the best, if not the best, baseball player in the game today, and um, he continues to get better. and, and he doesn't uh, he doesn't slack off. He's, he's, he's ready to do whatever it takes uh, to continue to get better. So he's a student of the game and and uh, a tremendous, like I said, tremendous person, and he's he's fun to watch, no doubt. You know, I'm, I'm, we're all privileged to uh, uh, be able to see him day in and day out, just about just to watch how he go about his business.
2: And he's been wearing the A's out for years, and he's going to continue to wear the A's out for a long time. He's a special guy, and also special. It, it, you look at the skill set of Shohei Otani, and I remember the first time we saw him in Oakland. I couldn't believe just how tall and fast he is. I mean, he's taking BP at the Coliseum. He's launching balls out. Then you see him get on the mound and he's got great stuff. I mean, to to talk about a skill set of pitching, power, playing the game. Gags, we haven't seen this since Babe Ruth. What's he like to be around?
4: <laughs> well, he definitely would have made the all star team in Little League and on my RBA and uh, my RBA league Cooper Super Rivera, no doubt. He was he would have been one of the better players to be able to pitch and hit like he does and run. Um, but uh he's he's also gonna be an all star for the uh uh, Major League Baseball as well. This guy, uh, like you said, he's got this young baby face. He's, uh, he's got a smile on his face every single day. He loves the game, absolutely loves the game. Um, he almost – he actually gets – we always have to pull him back uh, because of his workload from, you know, getting his bullpens in, being prepared for his start. Um, you know, they try to balance the hitting and, and the pitching uh, so he doesn't overload himself. But, uh, you know, he, he's, he just can't wait to get in the batter's box. And then when you watch him throw his bullpens or throw a simulated game, I haven't seen him pitch in a real game, personally, actually. And, and uh, so I'm looking forward to that. But um, the stuff that he has uh, is unbelievable. And uh, like you said, the strides. When he run, I, I, I got to coach third for him with him running last year. And talked about a guy that gets on you in a hurry from first to third. You have to pay attention. You know, you're looking for the ball. In the gap, and all of a sudden he's on you. You got to make a decision right away. He's that back. So, um, yeah, tremendous athlete. Another another guy that is uh, uh, a guy that is a lot of fun to watch. Um, another kid that, that and loves the game. And uh, again, it's uh, we consider ourselves very lucky to, to be able to uh, you know watch these guys go about their business every single day.
2: I remember when we had your, yeah. I guess it wasn't called a bobblehead. It was like an action figure uh, of you coaching third base. And I don't think people really understand how tough a position that is as a coach, how much you have to study. You have to know everybody's arms. You've got to know every, as you just mentioned, like Otani, knowing his speed and his ability, just explain to people how tough it is to be a third base coach and all the effort that goes into being a great one.
4: Well, you know, all our all our fathers and, and all the dads out there, I'm sure they coached third base one time or the other, you know, and and with, for their sons' little league team, and uh, it's it's a little different here, you know. Uh, you definitely have to do your homework, you know. Uh, you know, every every series, I knew, you know, the the strength of every every outfielder's arm, opponent, opponents uh outfielders' arms. Uh, I knew, uh, I knew if they threw better on a fly ball, if they threw better on a on a ground ball, I knew uh, if they threw better moving to the right or left, I, I, knew, uh, if they would sit back on ball on ground ball, hit at them, or were they good closers on the ground ball? Um, I knew how the field played. I knew if the ball was, you know, if the grass was cut certain ways, the ball going to snake. I knew if it was wet, you know, at the wind, there's a lot of things that come into play. And at the same time, you have to use your third eye to make sure you see the jump that the runner gets, you know, so you have, you know, you you have to pay attention to a lot of different things. Also, you got to know the score. You got to know who's coming up. You got to know what that uh, guy that's on deck, what his numbers are against the, the reliever that's coming in. You know, so uh, there's a lot of things that come into play. And at the same time, uh, when you send him and he's safe, everyone you know cheers for that base runner. When you send him and he's out, they all look at third base coach wondering why the hell did you send him. You know, so it's it's sort of a thankless job. Um, but at the same time, it's one of the most important jobs as a coach on the field, obviously, and, and has actually, uh, you know, can determine a win or a loss every single day. So there's a lot of pressure on the third base coach. And um, but at the same time, uh, you know, it, 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 it's, it's the closest you can be uh, to, still, to be, still being a player and, and being a manager at the same time. And, uh, you know, because you have to think like a base runner, like a player, but you also have to think like a manager as well because of uh of setting up uh, you know the, the things that are coming up uh behind these base runners. So um it's it's a lot of a lot of uh you know uh, focus every single day and I tell you what, you know I, I, I was fortunate to uh uh you know feel like you know I was I was a decent third base coach but um being around this our third base coach now Brian Butterfield, wow uh, uh this guy is prepared. And he's one of the best I've ever seen, and, and it's great to uh, uh, be a, a, a coach mate with him, and, and uh, to learn from his uh, uh, his uh, ex- ex- uh, his experience, and and um, uh, you know, great guy as well, and, and uh, he knows what he's doing out there. So keep an eye on that guy.
2: Well, you're always going to be a big part of the A's family. We always appreciate you stopping by here on A's Cast Live. Good luck to you guys. 60 games in 66 days. I wish I could come see you at the ballpark, but it doesn't look like it'll be this season. But take care and be safe and have a good season.
4: All right, Chris. I appreciate you reaching out. And, uh, uh, again, uh, it's great to be home, and um, I send my best to all the Oakland A's fans out there.
2: Mike Gallego. Chad Pender is going to join us at the top of the hour. But Mike Gallego, a hell of a guy, yes, and will always be a part of the A's family. Also, how about Tom Hanks? This is just incredible. So, Cody, we have the actual audio as Tom Hanks is going to serve as a guest hawker is is that what we call the people that sell the stuff at the stadium?
3: Uh, I always thought they were vendors, but I guess we're calling them yeah. guests, I guess we call them hawkers. which is, You know, I think of Hal the hot dog guy, the hot dog man, and all the other guys we see at the Coliseum. So when I saw this about Tom Hanks, I'm a huge Tom Hanks fan. Castaway, Bachelor Party, The Burbs, uh, I love this. So, all right. So Tom Hanks'
2: his first job was selling concessions at the Coliseum. L- Let's hear it.
3: Ace fans, miss the sounds of the Coliseum?
0: Enjoy the familiar feel of the ballpark with the help of one of the Coliseum's most famous employees, Tom Hanks, who started his career hawking concessions right here in the East Bay.
1: Program, scorecard, Yabba. Yabba. program, scorecard, score, card, yeah, but,
0: yeah, but, brown, score, card, score the game. Hot dogs
5: here. Colossal hot dog. Who wants the peanuts? Not a ball game without peanuts.
0: Bag of nuts here, bag
1: of nuts. Who wants
6: a bag of nuts?
0: Peanuts. Peanuts. Listen for Tom and the sounds of Oakland on every A's Home broadcast.
2: What, what what's Tom Hanks? Uh, was he working in the 1930s? <laughs> the
3: the picture of him with the, the hair and everything when he's a teenager yeah. it's so it's so good. So, um, what what one thing we're doing here is we we did it the other day and we we have MLB prize packs to give away for opening day and I, I figure we'll do another one today. I'm gonna after I do this I'll put the tweet up on our at, at Athletics Cast Twenty Four page and you can try to win the, the prize pack. So there's three of them we're going to give away today, and the trivia question will be going out in a, a few minutes. So get on there at AthleticsCast24 for your chance to try to win a uh, MLB Network prize pack. T-shirts, foam finger number ones, cups, hat. There's, all, there's a lot to it. And today is opening day, and MLB Network celebrates the return of baseball in the start of the 2020 season by bringing you over 14 hours of opening day games and coverage, like the Mets, who are now in first place. Plus, more games throughout opening week and live look-ins and analysis from TV's best baseball analysts on MLB tonight. Baseball returns today on MLB Network. So, the Mets in first place. The Reds already have two runs on Detroit. Christian Yelich took out half the scoreboard at Wrigley Field in batting practice. Baseball's back, baby.
2: You know, Tom Hanks is such a megastar. I will never forget when Dave Letterman – Had his little infidelity problem. And his first show back after that, you know who the number one guest was? Tom Hanks. Because Tom Hanks is everybody's favorite. You bring on Tom Hanks and everybody goes, oh, it's Tom. That's the kind of star he is. From Bosom Buddies, the sitcom he was on back when I was a little kid. To all the comedies and then the oscars and the dramas he's done it all i mean his career is absolutely amazing How about the polar express i used
3: to watch with my kids i've you know i am a big tom hanks fan like i said and that's actually one of his movies i haven't seen uh and i and i like a lot of those animated movies that they've done like jim carrey and a christmas carol and a lot of the other ones, but like the movies with Tom, like Saving Private Ryan, Forrest Gump, um, even like some of the older ones. I, I told you before, I love Bachelor Party. Uh, the Burbs is great. Dragnet. With Dan Big. R- Big's, very, Big. Big's good. Philadelphia is really good with uh, is, that, is that Denzel Washington. Uh, there's a lot of movies that Tom's in that he does a great job. He's one of the greatest actors that I, of his generation and, of course, of my generation. I mean... You think of the people that I would have grown up with Splash, watching? Splash.
2: I'm thinking about
3: the old movie Splash. That one? The Money Pit. Carol Hanna. And Money Pit was there. It was it was okay. Uh I've I've seen Splash before too, I believe. I've seen a lot of his movies. And Cashed away, wasn't that the one he he's talking to
2: the volleyball the whole time? Wilson.
3: <laughs> uh yeah, there's there's a lot of a lot of good films that, that Tom's been a part of. Even like you think of Captain Phillips. That he's he was in more recently. There's one on um, Apple TV that I have to check out. I've been wanting to check it out for like three weeks now. It's called uh, Greyhound. It's about like a it's about like the the wolf uh, U-boats in the in the World War II. Then uh, he's one of the com- the captains. Uh, so it looks that looks really good. The uh, Apollo 13. Uh, yeah, great one, Sully. I mean, he's been in so many movies that have got that have you know critically acclaimed. Like he, the guy has his uh. His range is is unbelievable. All right. We need to get him on the program. We got to be able to call Tom Hanks friend of the program. Uh, As as we say in the uh, taking behind the curtain, we're efforting to get Tom on the program. Efforting.
2: (laughs) We got to figure out how to get Oakland's own A's fan,
3: Tom Hanks, on the program. That would be incredible. Might be the biggest get of my career if we're able to get him. I mean, Manfred was pretty big. I mean, some of the other guys have had in my career. Cato Kalen was someone that uh was was. was oh god. <laughs> that one was more of a funny one, but
2: I. I but I think- you know, down at the AT and I've been able to interview some pretty big hitters like Clint Eastwood, Kevin Costner, Ray Romano. I mean, Hanks would be right up there. I mean, Hanks would be up there with uh oh a Bill Murray. I did a forty-five-minute sit-down breakfast interview with Bill Murray. Tom Hanks is in that category.
3: Oh yeah, absolutely. I was going to say when you're talking about the people, I was like, wait, when are you going to bring up Bill Murray? Because I'm going to be telling me about talking to Bill forever. Yeah. I mean, it was it was it was the coolest interview I've ever done. It's usually the but, guys that aren't related to the field you're doing you have the most fun interviewing. So, like for us being in baseball and sports, it'd be fun interviewing a guy that's someone like an actor or an actress who is something not doing something. That does something completely different than what we do, you have more fun, uh, in, in enjoying that pro- process than just talking to, I don't know, Bob Costas. Uh, you know, I mean, it's great having Bob, Bob on. Was pretty, Bob was a pretty big deal. That was a good get. Yeah. But you know,
2: so, so many of the guys are not that entertaining. Like, yeah, I've interviewed Joe Montana. Yeah, he's a legend, but he, I interviewed, uh, Tom Brady after he won his first Super Bowl, uh, down at the ATT. I mean, he's not dynamic. You know, you see. I mean, you you talk about you know the people that are not in our field. Normally, they can be very dynamic, and they're great interviews when you can get them. But they're tough. That's why being down at Pebble Beach is always key because
3: they're there. I think that I, I agree with you a hundred percent on that. And I think it the the process of the, you, you take yourself through interviewing those people, it's completely different in your thought process and what you want to ask. It's like. It's a whole different world for, for the interviewer and them themselves because they're not getting asked the same questions over and over again where you're not asking the same questions to these athletes over and over again. That's why it's such an enjoyable process. And I will do what I can to get to get Oakland's own Tom Hanks uh, on the program. My buddy Rob from New York and
2: is a huge Mets fan just texted me, Cespedes has hit a home run in each of the last three games he's played in. Unfortunately, they are years apart.
3: <laughs> I That's that's really good. And I wanted to bring this up to you because I was, I was watching the Mets game finish on while we were playing Mike Iago, and Jacob DeGrom went five innings, allowed one hit, walked one, struck out eight through 72 pitches, didn't get a win, but people are going to tell me he's not a good pitcher because he, he didn't get the win. He won five no. scoreless innings. Hey, when you only go five. That's on his. Hey, the manager, hey, he, you, you, you want to you start the game and go
2: five or you want to come in the fourth inning and go five? What do you want to do? But you go five, I, you can't expect to win. Yeah, you I only mean, went five right. inning. You're, you're, he's basically a middle reliever to me. <laughs> well, I, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. I, I, know, right, I come, know. Coming up next, we'll talk to Chad Pender right here on A's Cast Live.
5: COVID-19 is more than a health crisis. It's a financial crisis for many California families.
7: In this moment, you shouldn't have to worry about keeping the lights on. That's why at PG&E, we want you to know about our programs to reduce bills for customers facing economic hardship, that we've suspended all disconnections because of non-payment, and we can help you save money by using less energy. To learn more, visit safetyactioncenter.pge.com.
8: Paul Hembakides, also known as Hembo, was on A's Cast Live and explained why he likes the A's to win the American League pennant. I think the A's are the best team in the American League. I think the A's are the team in the American League that I'm most confident in. The the sort of ceiling floor um, equation that you have to do. Like, I don't think there's any arguing that the Yankees are probably more talented The Yankees have, in my judgment, a significantly larger downside because of the number of important players that have shown to be extraordinarily injury-prone. You could argue that the Astros, on paper, have more top-end talent, certainly more top-end vets, but... Without Garrett Cole, and like who knows how good they'll be at hitting now that they don't know what pitches are coming, you know. So there's a lot of <laughs> like, there's a lot of moving parts this year, obviously, and making predictions in a 60-game season is a fool's errand. But like I've, I've demonstrated to you in the past with the numbers, the A's have started fully each of the last two years, and if they do that again, they obviously won't have the chance to catch up but the majority of each of the last two seasons suggests to me this is a team on the rise, as good as any team in baseball when you look at you know pretty much games you know, 50, 55, 60 on, and so many of those players are still growing into themselves. To hear
0: the full interview and much more, go to athletics.com slash podcasts.
5: Right now, staying connected is more important than ever, and fast, reliable internet from Xfinity can help. We have plans to fit every budget, with speeds up to a gig, all at Xfinity.com. We'll ship you a self-install kit, on us, to make setup quick, safe, and easy. No tech visit required. And our simple digital tools will help you manage your account online. At Xfinity, we're committed to keeping you connected. Find great offers and value today at Xfinity.com. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and not guaranteed
0: chevron and its brands are committed to reliably providing fuel to customers even during an emergency the safety and health of workers customers and the communities where chevron operates are primary concerns in northern california chevron and texaco stations are open for business supplying quality fuels in a safe manner streaming
1: from the town AceCast live continues with chris downsend
2: Hey, uh, I want to bring something up real quick before I forget about it. We were were talking about Rob Manfred and Tony Clark and their relationship. And as we were going back and forth, Cody and I, I was thinking to myself, expanded playoffs, all these different new kind of things are trying. The talk of two more teams. You know, what does Tony Clark and the Players Union have to, what do they have to complain about? They can't say guys aren't getting contracts. Mookie Betts just got a major contract. All these guys, the main players, pretty much in the sport, have signed contract extensions. It's a record amount of contracts ex- contract extensions. And there's no way you're going to tell me that the stars of the game are going to go, You want us not to have a CBA and you want to have labor strife because the 34 year old guy's not getting taken care of? You got to be kidding me. Everything that baseball is doing right now is pro player. More guys are in the postseason. More guys are making money. More jobs by you had two more teams. That's not only. That's all, not only what 52 more players, but that's all two now my more minor league. You know, think about how many minor league jobs that adds when you add how many coaches, I mean, I mean, this is all why, why wouldn't the players union
3: love this? Does that make sense, Cody? Yeah, it does. Um, I'm with you. I don't think that they're – adding the more playoff teams is great. And I don't think there's a lot to really be, you know, not in favor of things going forward. I think that they need to just continue – to me, I think they need to continue working together with everything so we don't have a – for lack of a better – well, not even a lack. It's a a lockout after next year because the CBA is up. I think that Tony Clark and Rob Manfred and everyone else needs to keep working together to to get this fear. Them extending the playoffs before the season started yesterday was a great sign, in my opinion. I think that's a great sign that they're willing to work on things going forward and, and add things to this crazy season already, and hopefully these things stay going into next year. But I'm with you on that. Uh, yes.
2: Yeah, I just I, – I'd I love to sit in that room. I told Ray Fossey I'd pay for his uh, – Fossey and I will go and help these guys negotiate it because it's like I don't understand – if there was only one beef that I would say I agree with you is you got to change the arbitration and you got to start paying guys earlier. Cause I rather pay you when you're actually in your prime versus now I'm paying Mookie bets till what he's 41 or 40. And I'm going to tell you without steroids, you don't age well. You're not going to age well at 35, 36, 37. Guys start losing their eyesight. You start losing your hand eye. Trust me, I know. You're not you're not as good as you are at 37 as you were at 27. You don't recover the same way. The body changes, and that's what that's what I think owners would want to get away. I I'd want to get away from. I'd I'd look like if I own the team, I, I would be like, listen. Pay these guys while they're good, and then. Later on, when the guy, you know, if I give you this huge contract that goes all through your 20s and into the first part of your 30s, and then you're de- and then the contract's up, and then I go bye-bye, you can go play for somebody else as you're now 35. I mean, I know that's ruthless. Everybody's like, I want everybody to, I want to be on the same team for my entire career. Everybody wants that, but you know what? That's not. I mean, look at the deals. This Albert Pujols deal is terrible. Any of the Miguel Cabrera deal, terrible. These guys have trouble staying healthy and then they're not as productive. And you now have paid, you're now paying guys for what they did in the past. I want to pay what you're doing now and into the future. And I think the Dodgers were smart with Bryce Harper. We're going to pay you a ton of money, but for like four years. But Bryce Harper wanted 13. You think that deal, when year 10, 11, 12, 13, you think the Philly fans are going to be happy with Bryce Harper when he's that old? I don't think so.
3: That wouldn't happen with him after last year. It
2: was only year you, one. I know. People with the A, A's fans are always like, why don't we sign those mega deals? Because they're not smart. They're really not. And next thing you know, the guys, it was one thing back in the day when you had, like, a George Brett or a a Paul Molitor. They were still kind of productive, D.H.'s, they could help you out, but you weren't paying them huge money. Now these deals, you think Machado's deal is going to end well in San Diego? Come on. No way. Look how bad the Buster Posey deal's ending right now. Guy gave you 34 RBIs for how much did he make? 20-something million dollars? And he gave you 34 RBIs? Hitting third? You think this Posey deal's good? Nope. All right, earlier today, we caught up with the guy who's starting at second base tonight, Chad Pender. Well, now joining us here on A's cast live, Chad Pender was going to be playing second base tonight against the angels, but of course he can play anywhere on the diamond. Have you been, it's been a long time. How's life treating you?
9: Life's good, man. I mean, we're out here. We've got through the, you know, the first hurdle of, of summer camp and we got through that, you know, relatively smoothly. Um, you know, so life's good. I'm just, uh, just hanging out, getting ready to get to the ballpark and get ready for this opening night.
2: You know, you can't put everybody in a bubble, but what was it like for the players to talk to each other? Basically, said, you know, we got to stay safe to make this thing work. What was what were those original conversations like with your teammates?
9: As far as just getting the season going?
2: Yeah, to making sure, you know, people are going to be wearing masks and so people aren't going to bars and, you know. Yeah, just- I- that was just an internal
9: conversation we had. Um, obviously, we laid it all out there like, you know, this isn't going to work if, if we're out going to the bars or if we're going out to restaurants where there's a ton of people. So, I mean, from, from, the, from, the, from the jump, everybody knew that there was going to be a ton of sacrifice. Um, and, you know, this is just the beginning. You know, it's, it's not going to be easy. You know, we're going to be traveling. Um, we don't even know what that's going to be like. That's going to be an adjustment. Spring training was an adjustment. Uh, we're, we're just going to find out what it's like during a game day. Um, so there's going to be a bunch of things thrown at us over the next week or so. And and heck the next two months, uh, where we are going to have to make adjustments. So, um, and a lot of sacrifice. So those were topics of conversation early on and, and so far so good. Um, but. You know, there's there's a lot a lot of uh, bridges to cross here soon.
2: Yeah, the travel is going to be interesting, but I think it's going to be nice though. I mean, it's you're playing thirty games on the road. Your only long flights are going to be to Texas. Everything else yeah, is so, going to be on the West Coast. How nice is that going to be?
9: Yeah, I mean, it definitely makes for easier travel. Um, Not longer nights. You know, it, that part. It, I think you think you're right. That part will be. Uh, a little smoother um, in terms of not having to do the cross-country stuff and kind of keeps you local as far as, you know, um, you know, other play. I mean, I guess that's not even true. You know, you have Texas popping up as a hot spot and you got Arizona popping up as a hot spot. Um, but, you know, the travel will be easier on us.
2: You know, I think about your game right now and just, you know, the versatility as an athlete. You know, because I, you know, a lot of us, you know, we, we we think about you as a shortstop, but you can play anywhere on the diamond. You know, how has that adjustment been for you? And now you're starting at second base. But just how has that been for you, knowing that you're showing up? One day you could be in right field. One day you could be at second base. I mean, you know, if something happened to Marcus, you could be at short. I mean, what's that been like for you?
9: I mean, it, it's, it's been fun, first and foremost. It's been really really fun to be able to uh to work at all those spots and do that in the big leagues i consider that a blessing and an honor uh to to be a part of that to be a part of our team in that role um you know it it keeps you on your toes to say the least you know like you never know where you're going to get your work that day and which makes it even more important that you keep your work efficient um and not overtaxing whether it be taking too many ground balls or going on the outfield because they are different movements, and I don't think a lot of people realize that—that that, you know, the way you run or or maneuver the infield is totally different than how you do in the outfield, and that can tax your body a little bit. Um, so just knowing your workload and and knowing when to get reps and getting efficient reps, um, all while trying to stay, you know, relatively uh, comfortable at each position, um, makes for a little bit of a roller coaster sometimes, but it's something that I do really enjoy. I do love it. Um, you know, I enjoy showing that versatility because I do pride myself on just uh, being a baseball player, just playing the game. You know, I've just always loved playing the game no matter where I'm at out on the field. And that, that goes as far back as little league, you know, I've just always liked just going out to the ball field. So, uh, you know, I really enjoy it.
2: Statcast loves you in the outfield. They, they think you get arguably the best jumps of anybody on the team How much outfield did you play before ever getting to Major League Baseball?
9: Oh, man. Um, I played maybe 10 games or so. Um, My freshman year in college, split between left and right. Um, But that's really about it. Um, You know, there's not a big background in the outfield for me. Um, Basically, you know, learned it. On the fly, you know, with the help of uh, Kase and Rhino and, um, you know, a few other staff members, just, you know, positioning. Um, you know, I think kind of what I do in the outfield kind of mimics a lot of, you know, prep steps in the infield as far as when the ball's entering the zone, which I think does help out with my read sometimes. Um, you know, so trying to track the ball into the into the uh you know where i think contact point would be to you know get a fly ball to left field or whether that you know it's a little easier to see it from the left side when the left is hitting from left field if you're seeing the ball enter the zone um just to the path their back would have to take two contact points so then you can kind of you know basically almost cheat to a spot um, which i think helps sometimes um and it's all just reading, reading the ball at the bat and, and reading angles and
4: um, things
9: that I think people don't realize you can do every single day in batting practice by getting reads. and that's, that's the, the ultimate way outfielders, I think, get better. Um, it's just being out there during batting practice. You know, there's not much you can do in, in the way of drill work. I mean, you can work on footwork and transfers and stuff for, you know, bang, bang plays where you're throwing guys out. But Ultimately, you're going to get your reads uh, during life, during BP, you know, when when guys are actually swinging. So um, I think those are things that when I do have the opportunity to be in the outfield, I I pride myself on, on, you know, getting those quality reps during batting practice and and being prepared that way.
2: You know, it's crazy. I mean, you play you, you play a few games at Virginia Tech as a freshman, and then next thing you know, you're in a big league outfield. I mean, that doesn't happen too often. It's a, yeah. it's, great, it's a great story. And then now you're starting at second base tonight. How comfortable are you there?
9: Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty comfortable there. You know, I've, I've been an infielder my whole life. Um, you know, there are things that obviously you know, I want to get better at. Um, I tell people this often, you know, when I get in a groove at a position, you know, if you come up to me, after playing a few weeks of playing left field, what my favorite position is, I'm going to say left field because I'm the most comfortable there. I'm in a I'm in a groove. I'm in I'm in the flow. Um, you know, if I play second base for a month, I'm going to tell you second base because I'm comfortable there. Um, so I am comfortable at second base. Um, there are things that I'm still working on because you know I don't want to be um, just okay. You know, I, I don't want to just be a, you know a fill in. You know, I. I when I play a position, I want to be exceptional and I want to be uh, relied upon. I don't want to be, you know, just, um, you know, up to par, you know, I want to be better. I want to continue to, to grow at that position. And and I think that's going to be a focal point this year. And, you know, with, with such a short season, um, it'll be interesting to see where the playing time plays out and where ultimately where I'll get most of my reps. Um, but if it is at second base, you know, there is growth, you know, and I think people don't realize when you play a position every single day, you really do get into a routine, you get into a groove and, and you get, um you get um, a lot of reps, game reps are, you know, in the infield are the only way you're going to get better. Um, so I think, uh, you know, if I get reps there and continue to grow, um, I'm excited for that.
2: And 60 games in 66 days. I mean, you guys are used to playing for months on end. It's now two months. We're finding yeah. out now there's going to be 16 playoff teams, so more than half the league is going to make the playoffs. I mean, like, when you wake up today, just, like, how wild is all of this?
9: Yeah, I mean, it definitely feels Surreal, you know, because if you asked me two months ago, I didn't know where we would be, you know, with the virus and being here, and then, you know, we get here and you're going, you're we all we're all going in blind. We're, we show up to a, a summer camp where, you know, we don't know if things are going to work out or how things are going to play out or who's going to have the virus or how many people are going to be out, or and then you don't know if people are going to, you know, get the virus during summer camp, which thankfully we didn't have anybody, um, but. Um, you know, it is, it's, it's interesting. <laughs> it's, it's very interesting.
2: Yeah. Let, let, let's end on this. You guys truly have one of the best teams in major league baseball. I mean, back-to-back years, one in 97 games. I know when I was down at spring training, I saw the confidence in the team going into this season. What do you think this is going to be like for you and your teammates? Cause I know expectations are high.
9: Yeah. You know, I, expectations certainly are high. Um, we know what we have in our clubhouse. We know the type of baseball we can play. Um, and we just have to take care of business. I mean, we, we have to play, you know, what, how we're capable of, because like you said, it's 60 games. Um, anything can happen. You know, any team can go on a, on a stretch where they're on fire and they're winning games. You know, any team can, you know, one week of one, one week losing streak is, you know, crippling, you know? so you got to take care of business um but also not put too much pressure on that you know just just play our game play our team game and you know go out there and play for each other support each other and um you know do do what we're capable
0: of
2: you know i've never wanted ba- want to see a baseball game more in my life than today i've missed it so much and uh good luck to you this season stay safe stay healthy and uh Go out and have a lot of fun because this is gonna be this is well, gonna be a wild ride.
9: We will for sure. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it.
2: Chad Pender playing second base. I mean, it just adds another bat in the lineup. This could be a year where he blows up. It's gonna be a quick year. But I got a feeling you know there comes a time when an athlete where the light just clicks. The light in the in the brain clicks and next thing you know you got it. And Chad Pender's got the ability to hit home runs. He can run, he's an athlete. I mean, he is an asset to Bob as a player that can play a lot of different positions, but if he could get comp- comfortable and really lock down second base. I understand diversity and versatility and all that kind of stuff, but wouldn't it be nice if you're the manager and every day you could just write down the same lineup card every day and say, go get them, boys? I mean, if you could just say your infield is Chapman, Simeon, Pender, Olsen, Murphy, most days. Guys may need days off. Wouldn't that be better? Like, all the great infields in the history of baseball didn't have a bunch of changing parts. You know, the great Dodger infield, Ron Say played third, Bill Russell played short, Davey Lopes played second, and Steve Garvey played first base. And that, when we talked to when we talked to the Garve, what do you say they were together for, God, how many years was it? Like, 11 or 10 or 11 or something like that
3: yeah because so uh, they were they were together through the early 80s right like through 81 into the, they yeah.
2: were like 70s into the 80s or maybe it's eight or nine what it was many years yeah they were really so good they were, they were they weren't flipping you know the, this guy's playing second base uh tomorrow night he's playing left field uh the night after that he's on the bench they didn't do that when you had the right guys you had the right guys in the lineup every day and those Dodger teams won a lot of games. Well,
3: there's a reason why they won the World Series in 1981. I know it's, they lost to the A's in '74, but they 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 won the World Series in '81 against the Yankees. And a lot of people think this is the year we're going to see Dodgers Yankees again. Blah blah blah. You know, A Rod last night picking the Dodgers and Yankees to be his his uh, his favorites to win the World Series, and the Astros are his sleeper team. So he called the Astros <laughs> a sleeper team. Uh, I wish I was making this up, but during the rain delay of the during the rain delay of the uh, Nationals and Yankees, Matt Vasgers in front of the program uh, noted Ace Fan asked Arod as they pulled up the Caesars uh, odds win the World Series. Hey Alex, uh, who do you like to be in the World Series this year? He goes, "You know, I really think it's going to be a rematch of the 81 World Series, Dodgers, Yankees." And he goes, "Okay, th- get away from the chalk." Who do you like as a sleeper? Well, you know, Maddie, I, I like the Houston Astros as a sleeper. Okay, a team that won 100 and how many games won you year? 107. So then he asked him one more time. That's he goes, just "Bad. You know what? <laughs>
2: I I I'm not. I'm just not a big A-Rod guy. I mean, he just doesn't. Say, I mean, forget all the other stuff. Just as a broadcaster, he doesn't say anything." I mean, I remember. I remember when people were like I really like him. I'm like, well, what, what does he say? What what was what A Rod say that's so dynamic? I guess when he was an in studio host and he would talk hitting, maybe. But inside these Sunday night baseball games, where does A Rod say something you go, wow? Now that's insight.
3: His other sleeper was the uh, Atlanta Braves, who won a uh, 97 games. <laughs> uh, they're already 0 one, so uh, well, technically they're 0 three if you go by the. The 2.7, the three for how many wins? They're, in the 0, they're 0 and 2.7. Yeah. And the Mets are 2.7 and 0. So uh, our Mets are on on their way to a playoff berth. The Angels lineups out. Do you want to hear who the Angels are starting tonight? Can I give you a sleeper? Sure. Let's hear A sleeper would be like the White Sox. That's. The, yeah. Or the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, you sound like every other national guy picking those two teams. But that's what, that's what they would be. Yeah, I mean they're both under five hundred last year. The red's one last I, I mean
2: some people have gone San Diego. I I mean that that's what you're that
3: that's what a sleeper maybe even the Jays. Okay, that's a sleeper. But you're not gonna pick like Baltimore. No. I'd you're say, I pick Detroit. I said the Marlins. That's really, really sleeping. Yeah. They're in that like second tier of really like there's the really bad teams like Baltimore, Detroit, the Mariners. Pirates, I guess, would be in there. And then there's, like, the next tier, like, building towards the, the future. I think the, the the Marlins would maybe fit that tier. Uh, you mentioned the Padres. I had to bring this up because I want to get your reaction. Guess who's batting cleanup for the San Diego Padres tonight? Your favorite second baseman of all time. That'd be one Jerickson Profar. Shut up. Batting cleanup tonight against the Arizona Diamondbacks. And Where's one, Machado? Machado's batting second. Jace Taylor doesn't play around. Doesn't play around with that lineup. Uh, it's Tatis. Where, where's
2: Hosmer and uh, Ted, uh, Fernando Tatis Jr.
3: Tatis leads off, Machado second, Tommy Pham who they got in the offseason from the Rays bats third, right. Profar okay. fourth, Hosmer fifth, uh, Will Myers sixth, uh Tom I think it's Tommy Francis batting, he's their DH, he's batting what is that? he would be batting s- seventh. Uh, Francisco Mejia is eighth. And then uh, Trent Grisham, the guy they got from the the Brewers, is batting ninth. And Chris Paddock is pitching. And then you have Bumgarner obviously pitching for the the Diamondbacks, which is still going to be a sight to see tonight, seeing him pitch for a team that's not the San Francisco Giants. So Jerickson Profar batting cleanup tonight for the San Diego Padres. How many players can you recall
2: who got so overhyped and we're given so many different opportunities and never lived up to the billing. He's gotten an opportunity in Texas. He's gotten an opportunity in Oakland. And now he's getting an opportunity in San Diego.
3: He's one. Delman Young's another one, if you remember him. Yeah. Uh I mean they hype these guys up. Oh my god, this guy's the top prospect in baseball. This
2: guy. And I don't I mean Because, really you know, the other thing is, is like, I, I didn't pay attention to how he did in spring. I didn't pay attention to.
3: Is he playing second base? Profar? He is playing. Yeah, yeah he's playing second. All right. Another guy's cool. Melvin Upton, Justin's brother. Rays, Padres, Braves. He got that big contract, never lived up to it, switched positions. He's another guy, too. But you're right about Profar. Number one prospect in baseball, for a while. Uh, and,
2: and, and and you know what? I hope, I hope he fixes his throwing problems. I mean, I'm not rooting against him. It's just, I just, he, you know, it's like when we were down at the winter meetings, and we had
3: those, uh, Padre. Were they bloggers or? Yeah, they vloggers wanted, or whatever the heck they were. Maybe they were. What'd you call? Did you call? Did you say vloggers? Maybe they were video bloggers. Uh,
2: I, I can not they were some type of. I don't know. They, they gave me a pod- business card.
3: Actors. They gave me a
2: business so, card, but I don't know what I did with yeah, it. And they came out to us. How good is Jerks and Profar? I'm like, where are you getting? Well, <laughs> you look at the analytics. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> what analytics? Yeah, I mean, they don't have an analytics on bad throws. Hosmer, bear, get, just tell Eric Hosmer to get ready for the ball to be in the dirt. Just, just be prepared that the ball is going to one hop you, two hop you at times. All right, coming up next, he's the president of the Oakland Athletics. Getting you ready for opening day. Dave Cavill will join us right here on A's Cast Live.
3: Hi, this is Eduardo Perez from
2: ESPN. When I'm in the Bay Area, I make sure I listen to A's Cast Live. All right, get your cut out and be a part of this thing. We we need to lead the league and cut out attendance. So whether it's you, whether it's your pet, spouse, kids, go to athletics.com slash cutouts. That's athletics.com slash cutouts. And when it comes to pets, Coliseum pet cutouts are $89 each with the proceeds benefiting Tony Larusa's Animal Rescue Foundation, you know it as ARF, and the East Bay SPCA. So you can do yourself or you can help out Tony and ARF. Either way, go to athletics.com slash cutouts. Maybe I need to get my dog Spencer in there.
3: I think having her, him or uh, my dog Leia, maybe put them together because they're good friends when they've hung out those, what, one or two times. Uh, maybe put them together and have them hang out with all the other pets at the park since they uh, really can't hang out socially outside of uh, doing anything virtually, uh, in today's world. So maybe I'll look into it. It changes bark at the park. There's no question. I've always wanted to do that. Now that I finally have my own dog, I can't do it this year, but (laughs) I'll get, I'll get to it. Don't worry. Leia will make it to a game at the Coliseum.
2: All right. Earlier today, it's called the build. We caught up with the president of your Oakland athletics. He and his staff, the job they have done To make sure that we get baseball going, because let me tell you, it's not easy. And, you know, commend all these teams. It's not easy. The protocols and everything they got to go through, the travel, it's not easy to do. So the fact that we have baseball is just like, wow, everybody's been doing a good job because everybody gets it. Here is the president, Dave Cavill. Today's episode of The Build is sponsored by Mechanics Bank, the official East Bay bank of your Oakland Athletics. That means the president, Dave Cavill, is with us here on A's Cast Live. We can finally say it. Happy opening day. Happy opening day to all the A's fans. What a
6: moment. We made it. I never thought there'd be an opening day in July, but, you know,
2: that's what it is this year. If we were talking two months ago, I mean, would you ever think this was going to happen? You know, I was just
6: talking to a couple uh, senior staff members, Catherine Aker, David Vernetti. You know, we, we've had some really challenging times to get to this point. And, you know, I think it's just a credit to everyone involved that we are having an opening day, that our players are out there, and we're competing for a world championship. So it, it's obviously a great feeling that we've gotten to this point. We still need to get through the season and – You know, obviously keep all the protocols and be smart about things, Uh, but it's just a great feeling.
2: You know, talking to Bob Melvin, talking to a couple players, talking to some writers, talking to Ken Korak, how everybody says what you guys have done has made everybody feel safe. And it's tough to feel safe during these times. Just how proud are you of what your staff has done to do it the right way so that everybody involved feels like they can go to work?
6: Well, I mean, I think you just have to approach it with humility and just understanding that this is a situation that no one's ever been in. And you just have to err on the side of caution and preparation. And, and we've tried to do that. I think David Forrest, as our GM, has done an incredible job. I cannot um, give him enough kudos. Uh, Nick, our head of like trainer, just everyone involved in the effort, David Renetti, who runs operations, um, all the pieces coming together, getting the PPE, doing the testing, uh, and then the players, you know, the players are taking this really seriously. You know, Matt Chapman, Marcus Simeon, I was spoke to Ramon Laureano the other day, like everyone knows this is a big deal and that we have a great young team and we want to, we want to win and we want to play baseball and our fans want to see that too. So, so it's great that it's come together, and it's going to be awesome taking on the Angels and, and Mike Trout tonight and uh, playing baseball.
2: You know, you mentioned the players, and I'm proud of them too because that was kind of the fear for everybody is, how are these young guys going to handle it? How are they – are they still still want to go out and do – and and all these players came together very early and said, you know what, guys, it's about us. We, we, we have to protect and keep each other safe. I'm so glad that they've taken on this responsibility.
6: Yeah, I think it's great. And I think it sets an example for the entire country and our community. And it's another reason why, you know, they can really showcase that for everyone else. And the fact that they're, they're really making some sacrifices, but focused on doing it so we can bring baseball to to our community, to the country at a time where it's desperately needed, you know, being able to watch the game last night, even though it was a Giants game against the Dodgers, you know, just, it was just, there was a pace to it. You know, there was a calm that comes with just watching baseball and having it, you know, on the television and in the background. Um, America needs that. And uh, we're here with our players to provide it.
2: This season is going to be wild. It's 60 games in 66 days. And then now, and I'm glad they did it, and I want your opinion on it. How about expanding the playoffs to 16 teams?
6: Oh, I think it's going to be tremendous. And I think I love the fact that you know you have more teams in it, especially with such a short season. And I think it's going to create more excitement and it's going to be more baseball and uh, fans are going to love it. And it's going to be great storyline. So I, I think the whole thing is just fabulous. And I'm glad that the players union and, you know, the leadership of MLB came to that agreement really at the last hour. I mean, you had to come to the rules before the first pitch. And I mean, it was like an hour or two that we have the vote. So, so that was great to see. And, and I think it's going to be a, a great playoff run. I
2: I got a feeling that this kind of saves baseball because in 60 games, it's going to be hard for people to really separate the, yourself from the other teams you're playing. And I was kind of worried, like, what if we're coming down to like the last couple days of the season and there's like 13 or 14 teams that are all vying for just a couple spots I think this kind of opens it up that we're not going to, because I mean, we would have to go, we, we'd have to be going through all a bunch of tiebreakers and nobody likes that stuff.
6: No, no. And especially because the season's totally unbalanced this year. So you can't really like use head to head records and it just doesn't, it doesn't work out. So I think this, this solves some of those issues. And then, you know, I think those three game series to start the playoffs are going to be you know, all or nothing, like go for it, like knockout style. I mean, that's going to be awesome to see. And I think that'll be a real uh, nice addition to the playoff calendar.
2: And I got to think uh, some of the changes that we're going to see. And when people are saying, Hey, listen, it's a short season. I think some of these changes we're going to fall in love with, And we're going to be looking at the game of baseball. And obviously it's the commissioner and the players union. They have to agree on all this stuff. And we have a new CBA that has to be negotiated, but I got a feeling we're going to discover some, and you're somebody that's run a league before, and you know, it's all about entertainment. I got a feeling we're going to find some stuff and go, you know what? We need to keep this full time. Well, I think that's a COVID silver lining for this season.
6: You know, obviously we can't have fans at the games and things like that, but some of the new things we're going to try here, could propel the sport forward, making it more attractive to younger fans. And, you know, I think baseball has had a challenge in the past to adapt and do it in a way where, you know, you don't alienate the traditionalists. Well, this kind of being forced on us because of the situation. And maybe there'll be some really innovative and creative ideas that come out of it that really have a longstanding positive impact on baseball.
2: How about the Tom Hanks getting involved the great Tom Hanks get involved with the A's and the fact that we're going to hear his voice in the stadium and knowing what a big Oakland A's fan he is really cool. How's how that has come together. Oh,
6: uh, That's been just one of the highlights of the year to get Tom involved and just how, you know, I've been dealing with him one-on-one. He's been so excited about this because he has so many great memories back in the seventies and watching campy Campaneris and buy to blue and selling hot dogs and programs and things like that. And so You know, that memory, I know so many of our fans have that same memory, and it's cool to have, you know, we have such a great fan base, so knowledgeable, so passionate. The fact that Tom Hanks is in that group is is just incredible, and that he's lending his voice, which is so well known, to this effort to create a fun and exciting season for people. It's just great.
2: Yeah, it's about putting on a show. We got to put on a show, whether we're doing it here on A's Cast Live or NBC Sports California. It's about entertaining everybody, and that's one of the you know one of the fun things has been the cutouts. You know, looking at all the cutouts and, and and the balls going into the stands, and their cutouts are there. I mean, that's been a lot of fun. Oh yeah, and you know you see the stadiums that don't have cutouts, and it just looks like is it a practice game or
6: like what's going on? So you know, I'm really proud of our ability to pull that off. You know. Steve Ellie on my team has done an incredible job, you know, he usually oversees all the ticket sales, but well, we don't have ticket sales. So we had to reprogram the whole team. And now we're in, we're into cutout sales and we're raising money for great local nonprofits. And, you know, we're getting all these funny ideas in that, you know, having the foul ball zone. So, you know, if you're quote unquote catches a foul ball, you get the ball sent to you. I mean, that's going to be awesome. You know, people are going to be taking photos on, on social media the ball coming to their house authenticated. It's just going to be great. <laughs>
2: yeah, I mean, And then, and then uh, uh, it was on Monday when it was our broadcast, when we started seeing, you know, Arf and the dogs and the cats, I mean, that is classic. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And then, you know, of
6: course, we have the visiting fan section on Mount Davis and the nosebleed. So they're <laughs> up there in the, in the seagull zone. So they got a bunch of Giants fans and Astros fans and some Angels fans hanging out up there. So that's, that's funny too. So we have all these little kind of neighborhoods in the ballpark and, and there's some other, you know, tricks up our sleeve that people will see out there. I don't know if you saw, we have the round table pizza promotion too. Oh yeah. Basically we have a target in left field bleachers. So if an A's player, you know, if Chapman hits a home run and it hits the target, then everyone in attendance gets a free pizza. And to be in attendance, you have to have bought a cutout. So if you're a cutout person, you get an email and you get a free roundtable pizza. So it's another really fun way to connect to what's happening at the game.
2: Yeah, I love what you guys are doing. Let's have fun with this. I mean, this, is, this season is going to not only, I mean, what you guys are doing in the ballpark, but this season, 60 games in 66 days this is going to be so exciting because like every game is like a playoff game. It almost feels like an NFL season. Let, let, let's have a good time with this since life has been so tough for all of us. Yeah.
6: I think that's really our focus as an organization. And, you know, we're hoping to bring the joy that people get from coming to the ballpark and experiencing baseball and, you know, basically bottle that up and make sure people can experience it. And if we, if we are able to do that, that's the most important thing. And then the season will be a success.
2: Well, and I tell you what, uh you're getting to see it now. I got to see it in spring training. This team has a lot of confidence. This team after winning 97 games two straight years, they feel they're ready to compete. You got a lot of guys entering their prime or in their prime. Since you've been around them for summer camp, what's the feeling, the vibe you've gotten from the players? Game
6: on. Let's just do it.
2: I mean, they've they're, they're just
6: they just want to get out there and compete. And, you know, I think there's a um, kind of a feeling of unfinished business from the last two years. You know, it was great to make the playoffs, but that's not the goal. The goal is to win the World Series. And I think this is the type of year that could play favorably to the type of team we have. Um, and I think, you know, there was a little bit of trepidation about, you know, getting off to a good start because it's so short. But now with the expanded playoff thing, you know, I think there's a little more room there. So I think I think people are feeling good. We want to get off to a good start. Obviously, we have great top line starting pitching a great lineup and we just want to try to stay healthy and and compete.
2: Where is your uh, cardboard cutout?
6: It's there. It's well, I wanted it in the third deck because that's my favorite place to hang out, but they put it in the second deck and it's over by some of the Pico signage that the, the, you know, different supporters or, you know, whatever fans put out. So it's, it's there. There's, there's many of them. There's a lot of, a lot of folks. I was, uh, it's, it's definitely a fun thing to have.
2: Well, ideally, what we would like is to have 50,000 cutouts. I think it'd be great for all the A's fans to support this. We'll keep promoting it. But we, you know, I I thought it was funny. The announced attendance that we gave out on uh, on Monday yeah. night. Yeah, 5,300. Yeah, that's hilarious.
6: Yeah. You know, yeah. the funniest thing, the funniest thing is, you know, I think, I think we have the most cutouts of any team in the league. So we're leading the league in attendance, the A's. Who would have thought?
2: No, oh, it's awesome. We'll keep promoting it. Hey, congratulations. <laughs> Thank you, my dude. friend. Congratulations to the staff and to the players and to Bob and David and, and Billy bean and everybody. Uh, Cause everybody had to be all in to make this thing work. And I think I don't think I've ever looked more forward to watching a baseball game tonight on television than I am for this game tonight. It's going to be really special and uh, therapeutic for a lot of people. So be safe. And uh, thanks for everything that you guys have done. It means a lot to us A's fans. Let's make it happen. Let's go, Oakland. The president of your Oakland Athletics, Dave Cavill. Yeah, we got to get as many people. Wouldn't it be great to have every seat, every seat in the Coliseum have a cutout? 30 games. I mean, let's get it up 20 30000 Go to athletics.com slash cutouts. That's athletics.com slash cutouts. Cody, do you have a PG&E for me?
3: I do. And I also have an update from a game going on in Major League Baseball. No highlight yet, but I, it's a score. But PG&E's frontline workers take the field every day, responding to the needs of our East Bay community. We are happy to honor all of the five-tool players from PG&E who have shined through the COVID-19 pandemic. Today we like to honor apprentice lineman and longtime ace fan Eric Esparza. Thank you, Eric, for all that you're doing on the front lines for our community. Now in the update, the Reds are beating the Detroit Tigers four to one. No no one saw Detroit winning that game. But in Tampa Bay, the baby Jays are up three nothing through three uh through uh three and a th- third innings. No, sorry. It's the middle of the fourth. I said that wrong. Middle of the fourth. The Jays are up three nothing on Charlie Morton. So the Blue Jays trying to get a little upset and be up, uh, technically be three and zero on the year. As the Jays or the Rays will fall to zero and three if that score holds. So that could be our first upset of the day. The baby Jays up three zero over the Rays.
0: That's not.
2: That, that's not their nickname anymore. No, they're but, now the homeless Jays.
3: Well, they're the Buffalo Blue Jays. For now. Well, yeah.
2: right. They tried Pittsburgh, and then Pennsylvania Health People, whatever their official title is, said no. Then they were looking at Baltimore. That didn't happen. And now they're playing in the AAA ballpark. Are they still the? Is Buffalo still the Bison up there?
3: That sounds about right. That's that's their AAA ball ballpark. Uh, let me just double check, but that's where they're going to be playing because. I think their first home series will be played in Washington, though, and they're playing uh, the the. They are actually playing the Nationals in their first game uh, home series next week. Uh, yeah, it looks like it's the Buffalo Bisons. Yep, Buffalo Bisons, Triple A team of the Toronto Blue Jays. Another score: Marlins up one nothing through the middle of the third against the Phillies in Philadelphia.
2: Oh, panic! If Pan- uh, where's my panic button?
3: Philly's burning itself down.
2: Oh, is this Philly season over before it starts?
3: Uh, Bryce Harper 0-for-1 the strikeout. Oh, I, my God. I, I can hear fans now, worst contract in the history of baseball. So, the uh, surprise oh, Marlins. Right. Give me that Angel lineup. Yeah. Oh, the Angel lineup, I, I literally, I, I closed it, too. I'll pull back up here in a, se- a short second. Uh, it's weird though, looking at it without Anthony Rendon, the, the prize free agent that they signed, but uh, the lineup today against Frankie Montas will be David Fletcher leading off, Mike Trout batting second, Shohei Otani batting third and DHing, Justin Upton batting fourth, Tommy Lestella back from injury. Remember, he got hurt last year. He was an all star. He, he was crushing the ball before he got hurt last year. He'll be playing second base, Albert Pulhos playing, th- playing first. Then Jason Castro catching, Andrew Simmons playing short, Brian Goodwin, and Andrew Heaney on the mound. So Goodwin is playing right, Goodwin and right, Upton and left, and Trout obviously playing center. This is probably going to surprise you. Are you are, I mean, it might
2: surprise everybody out there. This is actually going to be Andrew Heaney's first ever opening day
3: start. Sorry, I'm, I'm my mind just my uh, head exploded because I didn't. My mind's blown. I know that I thought after being a perennial star pitcher like he is, he would start more than just one. But he
2: only made 18. I don't mean I don't mean to jinx tonight, but he made only 18 starts in 2019. Your opening day starter, Andrew Heaney for the Angels last year went four and six with a 4.91 ERA and twice had arm issues last year. He didn't start until May 26 because of a flare up in his elbow. And you're thinking, maybe you're thinking to yourself, Townsend, he had to have come. He had to, for him to be the opening day starter. He had to have a good second half. Like he had to really go out there and wow, the angels in the last part of the season. Wouldn't you be thinking that?
3: Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. But as we mentioned a million times on this on this program, and I'll mention it a million and one, they had one pitcher go over 100 innings last year, and that was Trevor Cahill, and he's not even on the staff or the team anymore. I believe he's he was with the Giants. I don't even know if he's still even with the Giants anymore as they play mystery starter every night because that's what they're doing tonight. But, uh, yeah, they're one pitcher. So I don't think Heaney would have uh, been a guy. I was like, you know what? He, he was on fire the second half last year. You know, he's Jack Flaherty. Watch out, him and that ERA under one. Andrew Heaney's the guy I thought should be the opening day starter for the Angels. Yeah, I did not see this coming at all.
2: All right. Down the stretch they come. In September, Andrew Heaney went one and four with a 7.66 ERA. That's your opening day
3: starter. Uh, Well, their best starter technically last year was Griffin Canning, and he's a young kid. He's actually starting the game on Monday as Dylan Bundy, the former Baltimore Oriole top prospect, will start tomorrow against Sean and then Sunday will be Mike Fires and Shohei Otani. Oh, I like that matchup. That's going to be a good one. That's going to be a really good one.
2: Yeah, but you know what? They are so babying Otani. What's he going to go? Four innings, maybe? They're going to have him out of the game so fast, it, it'll make your head spin. So, I mean, that's the thing. It's like when we talk about we talk about these starters, hey, look who's starting today. I mean, Garrett Cole gave you, what, five last night?
3: Well, the game only won five, essentially. It was in the sixth inning when it got delayed. But he was already phone. out
2: of the game, right?
3: No, he was still pitching. Oh, okay. So maybe I'm wrong. They're but
2: both for pitchers. the most part, you're going to see guys going four or five innings, and then they're out of the game. So it's like hang with their best starter and then uh, try and win it against the bullpen.
3: Well, I mean, I'm looking at right now. That's what the Reds are doing with Sonny Gray. He's at five and a third with eight strikeouts. He's only giving up one run. Yes, it's against, yeah, it's against Detroit, he, but still.
2: He's got his breaking ball going, as I you know, saw some video on Twitter. So the A's, who have won 97 games, two straight years, resulted in two losses in the American League wildcard game, one to the Yankees, one to the Rays. We know that traditionally this group and all the other groups over the last 20 years, for the most part, start start out slow. So in 2018, in the first 60 games, the A's went 31-29. and 29. In the first 60 games of last year, they went 30-30. and 30. I don't think that gets you in. But if you look at the last 30 games of 2018, excuse me, last 60 games of 2018 and 2019, last 60 games in 18, they went 39 and 22. Last 60 in 2019, they went 38 and 21. That gets you into the postseason. And we'll ask David Forrest about that. You know, how much are they talking about getting out to a hot start? Because that is going to be key. Now, I thought any type of losing streak, and you're, you're toast. But I said that before we knew there was going to be 16 teams. That, to me, has changed. That's changed it all for me. You know, there could be a team 500 that gets in. I mean, you got 16 teams. Obviously, you don't want to be that team. you rather be a team that wins 39, 40 games, and now you're playing your postseason baseball. You're playing it at your home yard. You still want that. You still want people coming to the Coliseum. You do not want to be heading to Tampa. You don't want to be heading to New York. You don't want to be heading to, to Houston. You want to have someone, at least in the first, those first three games, at least have them coming to you. Why are you shaking your head,
3: Sonny Gray? Six innings, one run, nine strikeouts. He finished so he went through six. He threw Sonny threw ninety pitches, fifty-seven for strikes. So that's a pretty good start for him. But I'm I, I don't mean I didn't mean to cut you off. I was just shaking my head that how how well he pitched. Yeah, I, again, it's Detroit, but Sonny was great last year. And and if they can get Trevor Bauer right, you I might you know your sleeper of the Reds might be a good pick if they get their pitching right because their offense. Joey Votto has a home run and two hits today. Castellanos has a hit today and an RBI. Moustakis has two hits today. So their big free agents they brought in are providing offense in the first game. Again, it's against Detroit, but still that's it's a, it's a meaningful baseball game in 60 games. And that's why if you're the A's, you want to win as many games as you can and host playoff series instead of going to, like you said, Tampa, New York. According to Keith Law, the, the Angels are going to finish ahead of the A's, so you don't want to go to Anaheim. Uh, so, winning every game you can matters, especially in this season. Because I think the only thing I would disagree about is it, it goes back to last year, where the Nats were what 19 and 31 through 50 games, and they got hot and made it to the and made it to the World Series. Could a 30 and 30 team, the eight seed, do it? Yeah, I don't see why not. Like you said, you don't see the Marlins winning two out of three games against the Dodgers. It it could totally happen, but I think it's more in the realm of possibilities that we see the top-tier teams win, like the Dodgers prevail, move on, the Yankees, the A's, the Twins. Although the Twins haven't won a playoff series since, like, I don't the early 2000s. It's how long it's been for them. I don't remember the exact year, but it's been a really long time since they won a playoff series.
2: All righty. We haven't talked to them in a while. Coming up next, the first Bob Melvin show of the 2020 season, next right here on A's Cast Live.
0: Become an A's insider today. Visit athletics.com backslash newsletter and sign up to receive the latest video highlights, up to date news, features, and more. All delivered free to your inbox, wherever you are.
5: That's athletics.com
0: backslash newsletter.
5: Some things just go together peanut butter and jelly, cookies and milk, Oakland and Kaiser Permanente.
0: Chevron and its brands are committed to reliably providing fuel to customers, even during an emergency. The safety and health of workers, customers, and the communities where Chevron operates are primary concerns. In Northern California, Chevron and Texaco stations are open for business, supplying quality fuels in a safe manner.
2: This is Chris Townsend for the Chicken Pie Shop of Walnut Creek. During these horrific times, people still need to get food, and the Chicken Pie Shop of Walnut Creek does deliver. Give them a call at 925-322-8799. That's 925-322-8799. Don't forget, their world-famous chicken pie and also all the other pies that they have, you can freeze and have for a long time. So give the pie shop in Walnut Creek a call. You call them at 925-322-8799. You can also get beer, wine, and spirits with your delivery. And you can check out the full menu, chickenpieshopwc.com. That's chickenpieshopwc.com.
6: A's fans, have you seen the great images
5: of our fans all around the Coliseum during NBC Sports' California broadcasts?
1: Way back, no doubt, how far will it
5: fly? With our Coliseum
6: Cutouts program, fans can still be a part of the ballpark atmosphere even while watching from home. These awesome cutouts benefit the Oakland A's
5: Community Fund. Learn more about the program at athletics.com slash cutouts.
0: A's fans, let's continue to do our part in stopping the spread of COVID-19. Be sure to wear a face mask when you leave the house. Maintain social distancing and wash your hands frequently. Visit athletics.com backslash resources. For additional resources and information on COVID-19, please stay safe. That's athletics.com backslash resources. The Oakland A's stand in solidarity with the black community against racism and injustice. This season is dedicated to champion organizations that serve the needs of Oakland's black community. The A's will work with local nonprofits focused on racial justice, social reform, African-American youth, and revitalizing Oakland. To learn more about the A's work in the community, visit athletics.com backslash blacklivesmatter. Hi, this is Ramon Laureano. And the
1: throw is going to be in time at the plate.
3: Laureano firing a strike all the way on the
1: line.
0: And you're listening to Ace
2: Cast, your 24-7 destination for Ace Baseball. All right, before we get to Bob, I found the nugget inside the game notes. This marks the 11th consecutive season. The A's have been the home team on opening day, which includes two openers in Japan, 2012 and 2019. How about that? Now, they were supposed to open against the Minnesota Twins, but obviously that change... And it's now the Halos, but how about that? I don't know how how many teams. I don't know. I'm not reading everybody's game notes, but I but that seems like a pretty darn good streak. Eleven straight years, you're opening at home, and the Tokyo Dome is like a home away from home.
3: Funny that you say that. That that <laughs> eleven is a lot, and to know that two game two of the games were in Tokyo uh, to start the season. And it's not like a home ballpark for the A's. It's actually, it's actually, it just shows you that how baseball's trying to grow the game too in a good way, by going to play overseas and playing in Japan. But eleven straight, I can't think of any other team because like, like the Yankees didn't because they started the season last night in D.C. So I mean, that, well, that's because the Nats won the World Series. But still, I, I I don't have the game notes either, like you said. But if we still had our notes from last year that we got from the the old network, it might, they might be able to tell you. But 11 in a row is a lot, and it's not Seattle, but it's still Anaheim, and as cool as it would have been to see the Twins here on opening day, I'm just as glad to see that they're playing somebody on opening day. Do you know who the two longest tenured Oakland A's are? Marcus Simeon, and I want to say Markana. Isn't that crazy? Both Cal guys. Both Bay Area kids. As is our next guest, too. And a cow guy. Look at that, three in a row. I mean, you get, there's Cal guys everywhere. It's a Cal one show.
0: Great,
3: one of the great Cal
2: Bears of all time. Bob Melvin. Our first Bob Melvin show in 2020. It's now time for the Bob Melvin show here on A's Cast and A's Cast Live. And Skip, you've been, uh, you've been in baseball, professional baseball, the majority of your life. Uh, I just, how are you looking forward to getting this season started?
7: I am looking forward. And, you know, there was a time when you weren't really sure if you're handicapping it, whether or not you'd get the season started. So I think everybody's encouraged the way things went leading up. Uh, Certainly the, the results of the testing have been phenomenal. And guys are taking this seriously and staying in their bubble. And if we continue to do that, I think we have a great chance to get the season in. So. Uh, just getting to this point, I think everybody's excited about actually having games that count.
2: Yeah, it's like kudos to you, your staff, and, and and the A's and Dave Cavill, and and everybody. Understand that we need to protect everybody. That I I think baseball's done better than we thought uh, any of us could do. I mean, you guys have really done a very good job.
7: Yeah, and especially the way it started out. You know, there were some problems early on about getting the tests back at a timely fashion and you know, we really only had one, you know, one problem there. And then since then it's been really seamless and, you know, guys are getting used to the fact that every other day you come in and things are a little different and you have to get tested and, you know, it all starts with that. And then you try to get into your routine, you know, at the ballpark, a little, probably a little bit shorter period of time. So, um, you know, guys are, are starting to get used to that some. And like I said, we're just excited about being here. Finally, we were opening days right around the corner.
2: You know, normally in spring training, you have all these practice fields and you have so much space. Uh, What has it been like for Ryan Christensen trying to make all this happen with all these players and you only have one diamond to work with?
7: Yeah, it's tough. You know, we've we've done we've had to sit down for a long period of time. It was actually leading up to it um, that you're really not sure how it's going to go. The last thing you want is the players thinking that you're unorganized and people standing around and the cage isn't ready and whatever. So. Uh, that, those were kind of the concerns early on, but you know, once we got a, a template on a game day, a template on a workout day, uh, you know, we, we we started to figure it out pretty quickly. And Ryan does a great job of that. So we have two cages here, using both cages, using stuff on the field, obviously rotating guys in defensively, and I think all went really well, uh, based on the fact that usually you know one field in spring training is not going to do it, uh, but we we seem to work around it.
2: You know, and, and you think about your guys, and got to—we got to talk to a couple of them during the break. I mean, I mean they all stayed in shape. They all seem ready to rock. Uh, how impressed were you about how these guys come back? And we thought, well, how long does it take them to, to get ready? It seems like most of them were—they're were basically ready to go.
7: They were, and it's, you know, I think that's—that's that's a benefit. And our health's been pretty good, other than AJ right now. You know we're, we're fully healthy, and you know not only you have to worry about injuries, you have to worry about you know health in, in the COVID world too. So, um, you know we've been spacing guys out. You know the workouts have been longer, and and you know based on the fact that guys are getting here at, at, at different times, but uh, they came ready to go, and we were able to work them pretty good early on, to where I think everybody felt good physically, uh, you know getting through the last couple of games against the Giants.
2: You know, obviously, Jesus Lazardo tested positive for COVID nineteen, asymptomatic. Um, at this point, when do you think he can actually start getting into games, and, and, and does he start the season kind of in the role he was in last year, coming in out of the bullpen?
7: Yeah, we're going to have to do that as far as the bullpen goes, at least to, at least his first outing. Uh just threw a bullpen today, um, and, and probably. Game two is where we would target him being ready to pitch, and if that's the case, I have no problem pitching him two innings. If it if it goes rather well, then then maybe three to try to get him, you know, ramped up and built up to uh, a starting role. The the great thing about him is he's in great condition and he's got great mechanics. He feels really good, and and I know he's itching to get into that rotation. So, you know, if we get him a three inning outing, I don't think he's far away from being able to plug back into the rotation.
2: You know, you saw 18 pitchers against the San Francisco Giants. Uh, I, I don't like that style of baseball, but I got a feeling we're going to see a lot of that, you know, w- w- especially early on here with the expanded rosters. I, I, are we looking at seeing the most, let's say, pitchers per game that maybe you've ever seen in your career?
7: Yeah, without a doubt. I, I mean, it's it, it, no one's going to be able to do that you know, 18 pitchers in two days. you're not going to have 18 pitchers on your roster. So you just can't do that. But um, you're going to see some, you know, like three, three and two and one, or you're going to see a lot of twos and you're going to see some starters, maybe only pitching a couple innings. So it's going to be a lot different in a year where you can really, you know, experiment. The rules have changed a little bit. I think this is a year that you'll see some teams kind of try to do it like Tampa and and maybe even more so. I mean, there are, there are a lot of numbers that would suggest the fewer times you see a pitcher, the better chance that the pitcher has. That kind of played out against us in, in the first couple games, although we didn't swing the bat too terribly well. But, uh, yeah, I think you're going to see several things that, that maybe you haven't seen before in baseball.
2: You know, you've got quite a few guys that are in their prime. They're young. They're strong. Uh, just how excited are you with your young core? It's only 60 games that you got some really special players.
7: We do. And, and, you know, the, the trick is trying to get them to understand too, that, you know, 60 games when you don't have a full spring, it can be difficult on the body. We don't want to wear anybody out because all these guys are going to want to play 60 games. So um, some Some conversations, some tough conversations are probably going to happen at times. You want to keep your other guys ready too, but you have to understand that you know 60 games right out of you know a short spring might be a, a difficult task, you know especially with not too many days off. but uh, I've already heard from a few of my guys that uh, 60 you know in their mind, 60 is no problem
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah how are you, how, how you going to talk Marcus Simeon out of, of not playing a game?
7: Yeah, I don't know that I talk, by, you know, if anybody's conditioned for 60, it's Marcus. Kid over first base has been known to run out there on a consistent basis too. And in the third baseman's itching to do it. So uh, we'll see, but I think, you know, we will, we'll try to monitor it. training staff has a lot to say about how they think guys are condition wise and which guys, you know, are out there playing with their hair on fire and which guys have a better chance to, you know, play more games. So it'll be an ongoing discussion.
2: What do you think it's going to be like where you're playing all your games on the West coast, other than the Texas teams, you're staying on the West coast. What do you think that's going to, I mean, obviously a far uh, less travel than normal, but what do you think that's going to be like?
7: I'm all for it. I mean, I mean, I love going to Yankee stadium. I love going to Fenway park and so forth, but you can understand the reasons this year, you know, you just try to limit the travel the best you can. Like you said, Houston and Texas aren't exactly on the West Coast, but I think the more you can limit travel and and see fewer teams than you would, the better chance you have if everybody's staying healthy and, and uh, you know as as long as far as the virus goes.
2: You know the the one rule that's going to be so odd. I mean, I understand the three batter minimum and all that, but starting extra innings with a guy on second base. Do you have a strategy for that, or are you just going to figure out as you go? How are you looking at that?
7: Little of both. I mean, you know the the obvious ones probably. If the if you're at home and the visiting visiting team doesn't score, then that's your, your probably your best chance to bun a guy over. But then you know talking to guys in, in the minor leagues, and I'll have discussions with uh, with Fran, our AAA manager. You know, then it ends up being two walks, and and now you know you have. You infield maybe halfway or in and you're trying to get a force at any base or maybe potentially a double play so uh, my understanding is a lot of the games end with the home half with the bases loaded and one out so you know and, and having said that it, you know people say yeah uh, you bunt and you just hit a sack fly well but those aren't automatics either um you know teams can make it tough on you to bunt and and certain pitchers can make it tough on you to, to get a ball in the air so you know, when it doesn't work and, and you're letting guys swing away and you don't end up scoring, you know, the easy thing is to say, well, if you bunted him over, you would score. But, uh, you know, that, that, that doesn't happen all the time.
2: How nice is it that you're going to have this taxi squad and it's going to be down here in San Jose that if you need a player, you know, he's like 35 miles away from you.
7: Right. That's key. And then to also have these guys on the road when, you know, they'll go on the road with us, the taxi squad, but they won't be with us at home. And when they're at home, they'll be, you know, doing simulated stuff like we were doing, you know, here to try to, you know, develop guys and get them more at bats in a year that, you know, there's no minor league. So, you know, there, there's a balance to that as well, but we're comfortable with, the, with our taxi squad guys. And, uh, you know, we have a pitcher, catcher, and a guy that can play multiple positions. So um, it is nice to, to have just short, short drive away.
2: You know, speaking of a guy who plays multiple positions, but yet he's just been raking—if uh, you want to call it summer camp or spring uh, spring training two point I, I mean, Chad Pender, I, I don't—I don't know how you keep him out of the lineup.
7: Yeah, that's a tough one. Um, you know, we we do things a certain way, and I will agree with you. Since the day we've been here um, in two Chad Pender has not missed a day where he has not swung the bat well whether it's righties, whether it's lefties, whatever, he's just been a tough out and he's, he's come in with, with a great attitude. Um, you know, like I said, it's sometimes it's out of my hands too, as far as, you know, some of the, some of the starts and against projected pitchers, right-handers, left-handers based on what you've done in the past. But, uh, he, he is definitely trying to, to change that narrative and, He's going to be a tough guy to keep out. Lucky we have a left-hander on the mound against us first day because he'll be in there.
2: Let's end on this. We've been kicking this around on A's Cast Live. When you talk about a 60-game season, how valuable a bullpen guy will be? And we just, you know, we talked to Liam Hendricks, and you just think if a guy has like 20-something saves, X amount of wins, I mean, could this be the first time we see a reliever win the MVP since Dennis Eckersley did it in the early 90s.
7: And that guy might not even be a closer. It might be a bridge guy. You know, someone that can pitch a couple innings, maybe even three early on. It could be three, then later on it could be two. So, yeah, I think uh, as far as that goes, you'll see a different dynamic how, how the pitching staff's used. And I think if there ever was a year that you could potentially see a reliever, you know, win the Cy Young, this year would be it.
2: Well, I got to tell you, Bob, normally we do this in your office and uh, I haven't seen you in a while. We miss you. And uh, I, I don't know when I'm going to see you. We'll do this every single week, but uh, good luck with everything. And uh, it's going to be a wild ride. We got 60 games and 66 days.
7: No doubt about it. And I agree with you. You know, I, I actually enjoy the, the media sessions and, the, and doing stuff, you know, face to face. I'm a little uncomfortable with the zoom thing. It just, just doesn't feel like, you know, you're getting the information out that you normally do and you know, kind of the breakouts and one-on-ones and so forth with people in person. So hopefully we get to get back to that at some point in time soon.
2: Well, be safe and good luck to you. We can't wait to watch.
7: Yes, sir. Thank you. And, uh, here we go.
2: Bob Melvin show. First one of 2020, how do you get your guys to perform right out of the gate? I mean, think if you're a team that loses like the first three games of this season. You'll be in full-on panic mode. Essentially, you've lost nine games. That's like A three-game losing streak is almost like a nine-game losing streak. And that's scary. You got to get going, and you got to get going right away. If you want to be one of those teams that... I mean, obviously, 40 games is attainable. If the A's in the last 60 games... The last two years they've won 39 and 38, 40's doable. It's kind of the it's it, it's middle of the road is kind of the teams we just don't know how they're gonna be. Like, how how good are the Rangers gonna be? How good are the Angels gonna be? How good are the Diamondbacks gonna be? Or the Padres or the Rockies? I mean, no offense to Giants fans, but when the Pandas hitting third for you, I don't think you got much of a chance.
3: Sorry. Right? I, yeah, you're right. And sorry, I, as you were saying, I was laughing to myself because I looked at my computer screen and looked at the uh, scoreboard on ESPN. Uh, the Twins already have one nothing. Uh, Max Kepler hit a leadoff homer. So the Twins are still hitting home runs. Uh, so I don't think the uh, juice baseball is going to, or juice baseball, whatever it is this year, is going to slow them down. As they're already up one nothing.
2: Are you sure it's not juiced?
3: I mean, Cespedes launched a ball that hasn't landed yet, and he is the first DH to hit a home run in the National League. So he's the, f- the first guy in the to be the National League DH to hit a home run in the National League National League game. First. How far? One. Did,
2: how, how far did John Carlos Stanton's ball go yesterday?
3: Uh, it's another ball that hasn't landed yet. That ball was crushed and Scherzer just with the uh the uh god uh not gonna say it, but you know, he you could hear hot mic alert. He got picked up on there. Uh so Oh did he really? Yeah, he he as soon as the ball was hit, you can hear him just uh say something then Jock Peterson last night, same thing. He hit a ball yeah. and you hear him drop the F bomb. It was uh I kinda like it. I know they're trying to get rid of the profanity. Then I think it adds an element to it that's that's uh it's unknown that people aren't used to. I mean, I get your you hey, trying to you, censor it, but these games are on cable.
2: Fact. It's cable. It's it, it's cable television. So if you curse, they're not gonna, you know. FCC's not coming after the players. I mean, you're getting the real. I mean, imagine if the players are mic'd up and you're really getting the real real. But that's the that's the future. We love it when people get mic'd up in the NFL or the NBA. Yeah, I remember Mookie Betts
3: was mic'd up in spring training. It's one of my favorite ones ever. And that was with the Red Sox, right? Yeah. He's talking to Carl Ravitz and the guys, and they're asking him a question. He was like, a ball," he goes, oh, I don't think I'm going to get that one, guys. And he's just like, you can hear him running and, like, running out of breath to get the ball. I love that. Like, there was – in the All-Star game, they did it last year, too. Freddie Freeman and Verlander facing each other in the game. Like, I loved when they did that. It takes you behind the curtain and lets you see the personality of the players. Perfect example. Matt Chapman was on the broadcast last night in the Giants-Dodgers game. People are still wondering why he was on there, but I know one hundred percent why he's on there. He's there to promote the game that's on ESPN tonight. He was great for ten minutes. You get to see a personality side, the side of his personality that most people don't know about. It was great that they were doing that.
2: I thought you were talking about tomorrow's game. Tonight's games on ESPN? Yeah, tonight's games on
3: ESPN. It's on. It's on local TV too, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. But it's also on yeah. ESPN with Carl Ravitch, Eduardo, and Jessica Mendoza. But it's on, from what I looked, it's on TV here. And Gooby and guys will be on TV in L.A. as well. So you don't have to worry about that. Uh, talking about worrying, the Rays need to be worrying really bad. Because remember when we last talked, it was 3-1? I pulled this highlight during the uh, Bob Melvin interview because you mentioned about a guy who has the longest on-base streak. It got extended. Biggio hammers one right field, down the line, it
0: is gone. A three-run homer for Kevin Biggio, and the Blue Jays now lead 6-1. to one. Boy, what a Uh-oh. good at bat by Biggio. Kevin hit 16 home runs a year ago.
2: Uh-oh, Razor in trouble. Uh, right Buying or selling? Tampa won't make the playoffs.
3: Um, selling, selling. They're gonna make it. But Charlie Morton, though, four innings, seven hits, six runs, six earned, four strikeouts. Eesh. Not a good start. Christian Yelich, uh, not very good against the uh, the Cubs tonight. And his career. So this is in. A, I pull. I took a picture of the screen. In uh, 22 games at Wrigley Field since 2017, he's hitting 195 with two homers and seven RBIs. At Wrigley since 2017 with the Brewers, Yelich did not have a good summer camp. He couldn't
2: hit. But I'll tell you what; those Brewers uniforms are sharp.
3: They looked really,
2: really good.
3: Yeah, they, they look. They look great. And I was just like the game. Yeah. I just had the game on ESPN. There it was it was crazy, like how great their uniforms looked. And speaking of crazy, Shane Bieber struck out nine of the first eleven batters he's faced uh, against Kansas City. So there's another update from the. Uh, the central division, and uh, the Red Sox are up 2 nothing over the Orioles. I was tipped off by our boss, throwing him under the bus here, our boss, the professor, Matt Pearl, that Tommy Malone is wearing number 69 for the Orioles tonight on the mound.
2: <laughs> Tommy Malone, your opening day starter. By the way, funny moment uh, from that game in Wrigley. I don't know who was on first base. I saw it briefly on Twitter, but Anthony Rizzo in his back pocket, which that was a great mic up when Rizzo was uh, mic'd up with Chris Bryant. But Rizzo in the back pocket had uh, like a Purell bottle and gave it to whoever is on first base for the Brewers. So gave him a little Purell, and then he wiped, the guy wiped it all over
3: his hand. So we're staying sanitized while still playing. Smart move. I think it was Orlando Arcia from the Brewers is who he did it to. Sorry, take you behind the curtain. What's going on here? There's like people yelling really loud in my my alley behind me. So that's like if it ever comes through, that's what's going on. I don't I don't know what's going on. San Jose's getting wild at five twenty-five on a Friday night. They know it's baseball's back, baby. That's what they're getting excited I, uh, for. I I uh,
2: I can't. We can't hear anything,
3: or, or at least I can't. Uh, yeah, I, I I can only hear it whenever it gets loud. But I think we're gonna be okay. All right, no hot mic alert. We don't have to worry about that. Are you are you, you going to be okay? I uh, I think I'll be okay. Are they storming your building? No, 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 no. It's it's. I think it sounds far far enough away where I think we're gonna be okay, but we'll see. Is it the wine? Is it the winery? No, that's down the street. I mean, you have to go out of our complex. Well, you know, you have to go down and out. It seems like we're literally right behind us in the little alleyway. I don't know. You mean where we where we where we have our social distancing happy hour? Yeah, our cocktail hours. Yeah. Uh, right around there. It sounds like where it was coming from. So just taking a little peek behind the curtain. If anyone hears yelling, that's what's going on. All right. Before we get to the general manager show. You got
2: to pick one guy. Who's the MVP of the A's? You got to pick one. Well, we kinda... who is going to have the year? Who are we going to say after 60 games? This
3: guy. He's the MVP. Well, I don't want to steal it from you because we talked about this the other day you and can, I you can, no, you can, you can no, I'm, I'm, a, I'm giving, I I can form my can, own I'm, I can form my I'm own thoughts. You first tips. I can form my own my own thoughts and original um thoughts and takes on this. Uh I would I was going to go Liam but I'm not going to go Liam because we talked about him already. I I think it's I honestly think the guy that's going to be the most viable A this year is Chris Davis. I think if you can get him back to where he was – I was going to go Lazardo, but I'm going to go with Chris Davis. Just because if, if he's if he's healthy like he says he is and he hit the home runs for you, I think he's the most valuable part to that lineup that, that can make them go. They won 97 games last year, and he wasn't even – you know, he only hit 23 homers, which we am scoff, scoffing at 23 homers. That's more home runs than I'll ever hit in my life. But if he can Glad, be yeah, back I to think normal – Juice Ball, it was not, it was not a no. very good year for Chris Davis. No, and he didn't hit 247 either, so – I think he gets back to around there, and he hits 17 home runs. Okay. I also will
2: not go Liam Hendricks. I'm going to go with my guy who I think in front of our eyes is growing into one of the best players in the league. And I thought this year was the year like everybody really would take notice. And that's Matt Olson. And Matt Olson is the kind of guy that could have 20-something home runs. He could lead baseball in home runs. He could lead baseball in RBIs and win a third straight gold glove. You know, right now, Matt Chapman is, is overshadowing, which is fine because they're buddies. Chat Chapman's a different personality. Matt Olson's not a guy that goes, look at me, look at me. Um, Chapman is Chapman's a tough guy, Uh, you know, Matt, the best thing you can say about Matt Chapman more than the defense, more than the power, Matt Chapman comes to win. He wants to win. Like when Mike fires through his no, no, the guy was most excited for him was Matt Chapman. And he went over for that game. There's been plenty of great players that when they go over, for, it, it doesn't matter whether the team won or lost, they're not happy. That's not Matt Chapman. He's a guy that he's so competitive, he comes to win. But I'm going to go with Olson. I think Olson, if he gets hot, I mean, he hits them in bunches. And if he has a good stroke going... He could be up there with the leaders, if not lead all of baseball in home runs. I think this is, I, I thought this was the year, it, the true coming out part. I mean, people know who he is, but I'm talking about, you know, you're an all-star, you're, 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 you know, everybody starts to know, hey, that guy in Oakland at first base is a monster.
3: I looked earlier, Jim Bowden had him in, uh, he was talking about his MVP candidates and he had Olsen, not, Olsen, not Chapman. As one of his MVP candidates, I almost turned to Mike on and said, "Hey, A Rod, uh, don't go with the chalk. go with someone else," because because I figured you were going to go chat if you weren't going to go City with someone because we both said we weren't going to go with Liam because we both agreed the other day that we think Liam could be the most viable guy on the ace team. But I tried to go somewhere offensively and I was trying to pick between Chris Davis well, what, or what, what, L'Oreal. What if what if Simeon
2: has a duplicate year? I mean, the numbers won't will, will be different because of sixty games. But what what if Marcus? Does everything he did last year. I mean, I I I will argue it's the greatest year by NEA, Oakland A. Now, our A's historian Dave Feldman brought up Giambi and Tejada, but the difference is I know Marcus is clean. I don't think those guys were clean. And there's the rookie, the rookie MVP year, Reggie Jackson's MVP year. But Marcus, when you look at everything across the board, playing shortstop, a premier defensive position, leading off, breaking the record for runs, driving in all those runs. He was awesome. So it could be him. I don't
3: know. Sleepers, a canna, Piscotti, Loriano. I think Loreano's, that's the guy I was thinking about, but I was like, I'm going to go to Chris Davis because I think we, everyone's expecting him to have a big year. And we played the audio from him last week where he was talking about how he feels healthy and he put last year behind him. And you mentioned how Chapman is a guy, you know, he, he, he likes to, you know, encourage his teammates and he gives them kudos. When they asked him about the best tandems in baseball yesterday, he said Marcus and, and Olsen. And they said, oh, you know, you got to put yourself in. He goes, no, they both hit better than me last year. He owned it. He owned that they had better years than him last year. And I loved hearing him say that. The
2: A's won thirteen of their nineteen meetings against the Angels in 2019, including at the collie, they won set of seven of ten. So gotta get out. I mean, this is a four game set. I mean you wanna you gotta take three out of four if if not sweep these guys. And you're and, and you know what, you do that, you're feeling really darn good. You take three out of four, or you sweep the four-game set, and you're—I mean, I mean, look at the guys. I know you're laughing. Are you sending me something?
3: No, Pearl sent me a message, and it's Tommy Malone in the '69 jersey <laughs> with the <laughs> Orioles. And he put hashtag #legend. It's just—it's just—it's the little things that make you laugh anymore. Um, but you're—you're you're right, though. A four-game sweep against the lineup, the 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 rotation we mentioned for the. Angels, Heaney, Bundy, Otani coming off Tommy John, and Griffin Canning coming off of an injury last year. Three out of four should be what you're – you should strive for a sweep, but three out of four, I think you feel good about yourself technically being nine and three after a four-game set. Think about that for a second. Yeah, I mean, because
2: who scares you? Does Andrew Heaney scare you? Does Dylan Bundy scare you? Shohei is not going to go very long in this game. And the fact, you know what I, you know what you kind of like about how they deal with Otani? It's like they hurt themselves because you take him out of the lineup the the day before he pitches, the day he pitches. So that's one of your best hitters is out of the lineup for two days. Thank you very much. And then does does the right hander Griffin Canning scare you?
3: Not calling off an injury from last year. No, I mean, how about their bullpen? Who? I don't Who? know who's even in their bullpen. Who? that's what I'm saying. I
2: mean, I don't want people to think, "Oh, you're overconfident." You know, they're big. I'm just saying if you think you're one of the best teams in the game and you want to win around 40 games and you want to win the division, you you win games. I mean, Dylan Bundy last year was 7 and 14 with a 4.79 ERA. Griffin Canning was 5 and 6 with a 4.58 you're throwing Frankie Montas, you've got Minaya, you've got Fires, you got Bassett. The guys you are putting on the mound are better than the guys they are. Your bullpen's better than their bullpen. Is there firepower on both sides? Sure. But if Rendon isn't playing, he's not in the lineup, right? No, he's not playing. Okay, if R- R- Rendon's not in the lineup, and now you're going to tell me Otani won't be in the lineup Saturday or Sunday, you're, you're – you're not seeing their best lineup for four days. So I'm making the case of why I say three out of four or potentially a four-game sweep. You're not getting their best. And that's the mentality winners take. You know, the good teams, they expect to win every series. And now that we only have 60 games, I mean, it's like you lose a series, it's going to hurt. You get swept in a series. Oh, God. Okay, it is time for the David Force Show. Every single week here on A's Cast Live and A's Cast, we will get the general manager of your Oakland Athletics. Here is David Forst. It's time now for the David Force Show here on A's Cast and A's Cast Live. And earlier today, David, Got a chance to talk with Dave Cavill and told him what you know what a great job all of you guys have done, and I want to say the same thing to you. And he gave you kudos. The fact that we're able to get this done and we're able to do it safely, you and your staff have done a tremendous job.
10: Well, thank you. It's nice that uh, nice that Dave mentioned uh, mentioned me, but yeah, I haven't done a whole lot. It's, it's been the guys in the clubhouse and the medical staff, the coaching staff. Those guys have all had have all had to adjust to a new norm and a new way of doing things. And um, you know, Ryan Christensen's writing up a a schedule every day that has six different arrival times. And Nick Paparesta and Tony Leo are you know putting out schedules for testing and and where guys have to be and when. And it's it's uh, there's a lot of mechanics to it, but uh, our guys have done a good job and uh, gotten us to the to this point, which was the goal.
2: Yeah, when we first thought about this summer camp opening up and you, you, you talk about Ryan Christensen, you know, it's not like you have endless fields down in Mesa, Arizona. You've got only one field, one diamond, and all these different players who, you know, need to hit and throw. It's, it's kind of crazy to think that you guys pulled it off.
10: <laughs> yeah, they, they, they did a good job adjusting to that. And Like you said, when when we're in Mesa – we've got half fields and batting cages and six pack mounds and all kinds of things at their disposal. But for three and a half weeks, they made do with with one field, a couple cages, a couple bullpens, and uh, and they got everybody ready and, and pretty much healthy here. Uh, you know, obviously we've had the setback with puck, but, uh, but otherwise uh, this is the team that we thought we were going to be looking at, uh, Three weeks ago, three months ago, six months ago. I don't know. How long has it been
2: since we put this team together? (laughs) (laughs) My God, the winter winter meeting seems like it was years ago.
10: Yeah. I mean, someone tells me it's July, but I'm not sure that's right. So, I I guess we'll see.
2: So, you mentioned A.J. Puck. He's throwing today, correct?
10: Yeah, I think the plan is for him to play catch today for the first time since his injection on Monday.
2: So that that's I would say good news right
10: yeah I, I mean that's what we that's what we expected coming out of that usually you, you shut down for a matter of days once you have an injection like that and then you you know you got to test it out and see I, I don't I don't know exactly what the, the time frame is for him to play catch before he stretches it out before he gets on the mound but um, but yeah we'll see how he feels uh, just getting out there and, and throwing from 50 to 60 feet.
2: And then of course, Jesus Lazardo coming back after testing positive for COVID, uh, how exactly do you envision his role at the start of, of this season?
10: Well, I, I think he's look he's obviously not stretched out. He's in the bullpen, but I think you know, you know our goal as a group is to try and get Jesus into some uh, some opportunities where he can get multiple innings and potentially be an option for the rotation. Sometime in the next couple of weeks. So it's, you know, it's a tricky balance, obviously. Every game counts. We're trying to win every night. Um, but you also know down the line, you've got a better shot to win if they've start in starting every fifth day. So um, hopefully Bob can blend those two things, get him to some, you know, two, three, four inning outings in meaningful situations and, uh, and go from there.
2: You know, Frankie Montas last year to start the year. If he doesn't have the the test, there's a good chance Frankie could have been starting the All-Star game. He definitely would have been an All-Star. And I got to think, if you're the Angels tonight, you know, having a guy get up there throwing 98-97 at you with that split fingers, no day at the beach, it's a rough way to start. But uh, what are your expectations for Frankie with with such a talented arm? Yeah, our
10: hope is that Frankie picks up right where he left off last year obviously we, we have the one start he made uh the last week of the season but uh, like you said you know we saw what he was able to do in the first half and was on on track to have you know potentially like a Cy Young caliber year so uh I'm glad we got him in there the first night he's looked great I mean we've all seen the videos from his time off throwing 100 miles an hour in a cage and he's a guy who kept in great shape this whole time and, Uh, It'll be exciting to see him out there tonight.
2: What did you think when Major League Baseball got it done yesterday, right before first pitch, to have 16 teams make the playoffs?
10: (laughs) I mean, I kind of thought, "Hey, why not?" Like the season's already weird; let's make it a little weirder. Um, I mean, yeah, it's great. I mean, it's more more excitement for the fans. It's more teams participating in the postseason, and in a season like this where 60 games is going to determine the, the postseason teams, you know, frankly, without playing 11, you know, 11 other teams in our, or 10 other teams in our league. Um, it, yeah, I think my, my ultimate feeling was why not? Let's let's see how it happens.
2: You know, I was worried about that if they didn't do this, and we didn't think they were, that we would come down to like the last week and you could have like 13 teams all vying for the postseason. Then we are going to have to get into all these scenarios and tiebreakers and all that. I, I, I think that this is going to help alleviate that mess.
10: I, I think so too. But look, inevitably, uh, we're going to end up with two or three teams tied for eighth place, aren't we? I mean, isn't that how it always happens? And then we're gonna, we're gonna have the NFL-style tiebreakers because they're, they're not going to have tiebreaker games, so. It's, it's ironic that like one of the first tiebreakers is head to head record and we won't have the head to head record against those 10 other teams in our league that we're not playing. So we'll have to go immediately to number two, but yeah, it's, it's fun. It adds a new element, something for, for people to get excited about. And like I said, more, more teams in the postseason is, uh, is never a bad thing.
2: How much have you guys talked about getting out off to a fast start?
10: It's. I mean, it's it's on everybody's mind without a doubt. I mean, it, you have the example from last year of, of the Nationals, the, the World Series champion, who threw 50 games for 19 and 31, and probably don't make the postseason in a season like this. So uh, you know how important it is. You know, everybody everybody around here knows our sort of track record of kind of starting slowly and then revving up come the second half, and that's not. Really, an option this year. So everybody's got it on their mind. I don't think it changes anything we do ultimately, day to day. But everybody knows it's important.
2: So we we, we know your core guys. You know Olson, Chapman, Sime, and these guys are such terrific players. But who do you think could be a breakout player on your roster this year?
10: It's yeah, it's hard to say. I mean, there's you know so much promise in Sean Murphy and what we've seen in a short time from him, I, I really feel like the you know, Sean and whoever the other catcher is are gonna be a critical part of this club. Um, you know, we're looking at a healthy Stephen Piscotti, maybe for the first time in a year and a half. So uh I think Steven will play an important role and um and everybody's been talking about how well Chad Pinder's formed the bat the last three weeks, which, you know, it's inner squad games, it's you know, it's five BPs, whatever, but he looks locked in. So I'm hoping he gets off to a fast start tonight.
2: Well, and, and that's the thing too, in a short season, I, like, I mean, you got to run the hot hands, right?
10: Yeah, without a doubt. And, and, uh, that'll, that'll go into to Bob's thinking when he makes out the lineup and, um, yeah, look, any season you play 162 or not, every game matters. We've had, We've had a number of seasons come down to the last game or two, so we know how important each one is. But there's going to be a lot less a lot less separation between clubs this time around.
2: You know, and and the, you know we always say look at the back of the baseball card. Well, you can't do that now because uh, the numbers are all going to look different. So you you know yeah, Chris Davis hit over 40 home runs three straight years. Then of course got hurt last year. It was a little different. What what are your expectations for him in 60 games?
10: Well, I think we're just looking for uh, you know the Chris that we saw in in 2018 and the start of 2019. Obviously, you know he struggled in the second half last year. Was not healthy for a lot of it, but he's not making excuses. And um, you know it's such it's such a balanced, solid lineup right now that you don't you don't actually need Chris to kind of carry the load. You uh, you really just need him to be himself and. And set the table for the guys around him So uh, with Chapman and Olson, Marcana, Loriano, you know, I think I think we've got so many options there that we just need Chris to be himself.
2: So Cody and I have this idea that in 60 games that like one bullpen guy could really be a dominant force. Like let's say a closer like Liam Hendricks gets 20 something saves. X amount of wins, and we could be looking because we haven't seen an MVP from a reliever since (laughs) Dennis Eckersley. Could you see a bullpen guy factoring in so much that he potentially could win the MVP?
10: I sure. Uh, Again, I mean, going back to our earlier discussion, anything is possible in this time of season. But yeah, I mean, you don't have many off days. We're playing 60 games in 66 days, basically. So, you know, you're gonna you're gonna sort of hold back on overusing guys, um, but sure, God, reliever gets hot. He you know saves a handful of games, like you said, get in there for some wins. Um, I I don't see why not. Uh, it could, yeah, it it could it could come from anywhere. Sort of who who are the most important guys out right now?
2: So obviously everything at the ballpark is gonna be different. You know, Ray Fosse has his own booth. Kuiper, Korak, Contronio, no one's in the same booth. How are you and your staff going to watch the games?
10: Well, luckily for us, there this building has a lot of suites in it, and there's not going to be anybody using them. So essentially, everyone in Baseball Operations has their own suite, um, which is nice. It's nice that we have the room, but it's, it's a little weird. I mean, a big part of our experience is, is all being together, watching the game, kind of bouncing things off each other, evaluating as we go and learning. And uh, I think we're going to have to rely on slack in order to talk during the game because everybody's in their own suite. So, um, you know, it, it's important for our staff to be in the park and see the game, but we're going to do it responsibly and make sure everybody's spread
2: out. Yeah, that is a uh, crazy times. I mean, it's just unbelievable. And let's just one more baseball. Um, how is the team in San Jose? How's that going to operate? Are they just going to be playing games or practicing all the time? How, how is this? And I don't even know what we call it, a taxi squad. What, what, what are these guys going to be doing?
10: They're, they've already been out there. They're doing a great job at, uh, I guess, the alternate site is what we're calling it. But Ed Sprague is running things down there. He's got a, a full coaching staff. And they've been on the field, actually, since July 15th. So, um, you yeah, know, a number of guys – keeping in shape, ready ready for the call. If we need them here, there's obviously a number of younger players in that group who are uh, really getting the only kind of development possible in this kind of summer. But uh, they've been out there for a while. Fran Reardon, our AAA manager, is putting the schedule together every day and um, I'm hoping to get down there when the team leaves town next week just to see their workouts and, and get a look. But uh, they're working hard down in San Jose. And, and the San Jose Giants have been great partners. They've really helped us out with the facility. And it's a, it's a unique setup, but it's nice to have them just 40, 45 minutes down the freeway.
2: Let's end on this. Did you get a cardboard cutout or did you do your dog, your kids? <laughs> what, what did you do?
10: I'm going to put myself in the ballpark every night and, uh, and avoid the cutout. Um, so I, I did not, we, we thought about sending our dog in to support ARF, but didn't quite get around to it. But I look, I think it looks great. I think Steve Finelli and his group did a fantastic job getting the cutouts set up. We've raised a ton of money for the community fund and some other, some other causes as you know, an ALS section that to help, the, the, the foundation that Steven and his family has set up. So I, I think it's a great thing and we, we've had fun with it. I know the players are enjoying looking out and some of their family members are in the park. Some of the, the A's alums, some of the legends are out there. So it's, uh, it, it's been a fun little thing to watch happen. And hopefully it, it helps the fans at home feel like they're part of it.
2: Well, once again, kudos to you, your staff, baseball operations for, for, cause I mean, a couple of months ago, we were doubting whether this was ever going to happen, and you guys made a commitment, kept everybody safe, and we got baseball back tonight, and uh, probably the most excited I've ever been for opening day, just to watch a game and have some normalcy again. So thank you for coming on. We always appreciate it, and we'll talk to you next week.
10: Thanks, Chris. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're right. This is going to be fun. It's something we've worked hard for. It's, a lot of people depend on, on this. For you know, for entertainment, a lot of people depend on us for their living. So it's it's been certainly worth it to get here, and we're hoping to to keep it going for the next few months.
2: The David forrest Show you'll get every single week. Bob Melvin, David forrest you'll get them every week right here on A's Cast Live and A's Cast. By the way, I love the story about Chipper Jones buying a cutout for him and his son. At City Field, as he's trolling Mets fans, <laughs> it's awesome.
3: He was on the call for ESPN, and it was <laughs> it was great because they, they he was on the call with Book Shambi and Rick Sutcliffe, and they brought Mike Piazza on, uh, doing the face call like they did with Chapman last night. So Piazza's on with the big cigar and everything, and and they're like, "Hey, Mike, how you doing?" He goes, "Hey, guys, Larry, how you doing?" Because he calls Chipper Larry, and he goes, and Chipper's response was, "I'm good, Michael. How are you?" <laughs> so you could tell like they, it was cool to see both those guys on there and chipper's actually not that bad so uh I, i'm excited to see how him progressing the role as an analyst on espn i'm
2: looking at it right now it's it's a it's a it's a modern picture because he's got the gray He's lost a little bit of the hair it would have been better if he would have actually had the braves uniform on that would have been good yeah And I wonder where. I guess I could read the article. Uh, Where is is he close to the field? Oh, Larry, Larry. He. Oh, he's pretty close. He is pretty close. Usually, for that close, you got to be a season ticket holder. But uh, trolling the fans, I absolutely love it. Great I mean, Chipper Jones, the, one of the greatest Atlanta Braves of all time.
3: I think it's time that we play the panic button for a few for a few reasons. I, 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 I there's two teams we need to panic about. But, all uh, right. One of them is the White Sox, who are down four-one already. Everyone's chic pick to win the uh, to be a surprise sleeper playoff team. They're already losing four-one on the first pitch of the game. Max Kepler a home run for the Twins, like I mentioned. So they're down. My Miami Marlins are beating the Phillies 4-1 to in the sixth inning. It is not going well for Gabe Kapler's former team, now led by Joe Girardi. So those two teams struggling, who uh, a lot of p- people are saying they're going to be good this year, I'm clearly just trolling, as Chipper Jones is trolling Mets fans. I'm trolling White Sox and Phillies fans because it's one game. But again, it's only 60 games, so if they lose these games, it's, it's completely different than if it was a 162 game season and they just lost on opening day. And the only the only other score is going around. Boston's up four nothing. The Cubs are up two nothing. And uh, Shane Bieber has 12 strikeouts through five innings for the Indians against the Royals. So take that as you will. Shane Bieber, the early favorite to win the AL Cy Young after one game. We should do. Uh, we should get
2: a lot of the friends of the program together. And do a uh, worst team draft. This is something I used to do on my uh, old talk show. You're not picking who's going to have the best season. You're picking on who's going to have to win. You got to have the least amount of wins to be the winner.
3: Oh, okay. So you're saying. So someone could pick the Orioles. One team could pick Detroit, uh, the Royals. I, I would take the Pirates, but they're, it's, th- it's, in the third inning, it's 0 it's 0, so they're not losing yet to the Cardinals. So can't take them. But I actually like that's not a bad idea. Too bad the season's uh starting, but you it's know, all may, right. m- maybe not. I mean, we could still do it. I was hoping that I was looking at where we could do our own projections of what we, how we thought the season was going to go, but that was before they added the uh, three extra playoff teams to the mix. Oh, so. that
2: changed it. It changed every. I mean. And all all of a sudden, you know, they got to get out to a hot start. Well, you might be – you just might be able to escape it. I'm just – you know, 16 – I mean, more than half the league gets in.
3: All right, let's get to buying or selling. 5-1. Also now in the – my Miami Marlins are up 5-1 over the Phillies. Time to burn the city down in Philadelphia.
1: It's time for Buying or Selling right now
3: with Chris Townsend on AceCast Live. It's been a while since we've done Buying or Selling, so I haven't really had to update much of the uh, material I already wrote out. But first, for everyone on AceCast next, you're going to have opening day with the Ace Total Access pregame show with you, that's Chris Townsend, and then Ace Angels on AceCast and NBC Sports California, and ESPN as well. So the other day, I was watching our friends Brian Kenny and Mad Dog Russo on MLB Now. Great show on MLB Network. Check it out if you've never watched it. You'll learn a lot. They were discussing the Hall of Fame. The name Kurt Schilling was thrown out there. Brian Kenny made a good point. He said something along the lines that Kurt Schilling didn't go in this previous election. He might not go in the next one because of Derek Jeter. Meaning the writers don't want to take the moment away from Derek Jeter. No, 55 career at bats against Kurt Schilling. I just want to do this for fun. He did hit 327 with two homers and eight RBIs against one of the greatest postseason pitchers of all time. But buying or selling, Kurt Schilling won't get in the baseball hall of fame next year because of Derek Jeter.
2: Uh, I, I th- that's a travesty. If you if you're if you're if you're keeping a guy's legacy who well, I think he should be in the Hall of Fame, because you're just worried about Precious Jeter? No, I'm selling that. That's that, that, I call that weak sauce right there.
3: Yeah, I, I'm with you. Uh, sorry, Max Kepler hit another home run. He now has two home runs in the game against the White they Sox. They might hit 300 home runs again, but just do it in 60 games. <laughs> I think they're gonna leave baseball home runs again. I think they, they totally leave baseball again at home runs. With Donaldson at lineup now? Come on, P- playing the Royals and Detroit and the Pirates. They're definitely gonna. I think they lead the league in home runs. That's my bull prediction. Going out of wow. limb. Going out of the wow. limb. <laughs> Thanks, A Rod, for that one. If not, if not them, then uh, the Yankees are gonna be the leaders. In Whoa, home runs. <laughs> hot take. <laughs> and uh, if you want a deep sleeper, the Dodgers. There you go. That's that. To be, that's who it be. All right, so. This is something also from MLB now that I was listening to, and I we have, we've talked about it. We really haven't, and I wanted to bring it back. The DH, we know, is in the National League in 2020. Cespedes is the first player to did a home run as a DH in a National League versus National League game. And pitchers in 2019 hit 131 with a 161 on-base percentage and a 168 slugging and had a negative 17 weighted runs created a plus in terms that's terrible. Compare that to the number nine hitter in the AL. They hit 224 last year and had a 72 weighted runs created plus. Now, on MLB, now Brian Kenny and Outlider were not fans of the Universal DH. Kenny said he believes NL teams aren't ready for it, where if you were to have three years to prepare, you'd be better off. Pitchers hit a combined 25 home runs in 2019. Granke had three of them. So is the NL really at a disadvantage? This year, if you factor in weighted runs created plus and projections for 2020. The AL would be 120, the NL would be 114, so it's not really that far off when you have players like Jock Peterson and Cespedes and Ryan Braun playing DH for their teams. Buying or selling, the NL is at a disadvantage with the, DL, the DH in 2020.
2: I'm selling. Suck it up, Susie, find someone to DH. You yeah. got all these roster spots. We're starting with 30 guys. You can't find one guy who can hit, an extra guy who can hit in your organization. I guess when you have Pablo Sandoval hitting third, maybe you can't. Uh, but for uh, the good teams, I think they'll be able to weather it.
3: Yeah, I'm with you. And uh, the, the, the Sandoval batting third and then everyone, the outrage that uh, that the Giants took Brandon Crawford out of the game in the seventh inning last night for a pinch hitter because he can't hit lefties is just. Oh, Bochy wouldn't that. <laughs> There it is. But Bruce Bochy wouldn't do that. He'd leave them oh. in. All right, so speaking of Gabe Kapler, as, let me replay the music Wait, here. what
2: time are we going to?
3: Six. Because we're on the
2: new schedule. Sk- six? What, yeah. time, what, time,
3: what time is? 6.15 uh... you'll be on there for pregame. Okay. So the Bay Bridge series was not great for the A's or traditional baseball fans. Why? Gabe Kapler is why our friend, Cappy. He used several different strategies in that series. He used the shift, the four-man outfield, and 18 different pitchers in two games. That's nine a game if you take your San Jose math. San Jose State math and my Cal, a former University of Pennsylvania math, and figure that out. We discussed so we can see more pitchers than ever before this season, and Kapler is already proving that with 18 pitches in that game. He was six last night in the opener against the Dodgers. Buying or selling, Gabe Kapler will use nine pitchers in one game in 2020. Oh, I'm totally buying that. <laughs> he switched might, be, s- might be tonight. He switched the starter for tonight. It was supposed to be Samarja. He changed it already to Tyler Anderson. It was supposed to be Samarja, and they changed it. And it's like, what, 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 what are we doing? The, the, I, I can't. I, I, don't know what to, I don't know what to think about them this year. They're, they're not going to be very good. Um, last one, because this one's a little long. Baseball's a lot of tr- tradition fans love, and a lot of New Age fans as well. I would say you and I both fit in the middle when it comes to old school versus new school. Well, I started reading Anthony Castro-Vince's book, a, a Fan's Guide to Baseball Analytics, while I was away in Sonoma. And one of the chapters talks about the error. He mentioned Simeon's error and Minaya's no-hitter that had a 37% catch rate and getting his glove on it, and then he was penalized for an error. Then, Franchi Cordero, then of the Padres, now with the Royals, missed a ball last year that had a 99% catch rate and was ruled a base hit. And in the 2010s, there were 1.2 errors per game, and then in the 1910s, it was at 3.3. Brian Kenny once said in 2018 that errors are a kind of a 19th century thing. No, no other team has the error, anything like the error. If a puck goes off a goalie's glove and in the net, it's a goal for that player. If a DB falls and a receiver makes a big catch, we don't call it an unearned uh, touchdown. So buying or selling, baseball needs to eliminate the error. Selling? If, if, if
2: you turn the ball over in basketball, you get a turnover. In in football, if you're a wide receiver and you drop that pass, they count those. It's a drop it's a drop pass. Yeah. So you know, in other sports, they have things. you know, if you you mess something up. So I I mean, I, under- I I mean I can understand there's some it's it's a scoring thing, obviously. And some you look at and you say that shouldn't be an error or that shouldn't be a hit. But I think for the most part these these guys have been scoring big league games for a, for a long time, and for the most part, they get it right.
3: Yeah, I'm with it. It's a chapter in his book, and that book I started reading. I mean, if, it. It's if, good. if a ball's hit you and it goes between your legs as an in- infielder, is that an error? If it's hitting you and goes through your leg, yes. I, to me, it's if you get a glove on, it's definitely an error. I mean, I <laughs> it goes right through your legs. That's a, what. What are we now going to call that a hit? Yeah, I mean, it's it's it was it, the next chapter in the book is about the 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 win, so I can't wait to read that chapter. Hey, hey. We'll get somebody to hit 400 if you start having to score like that.
2: If airs are now hits, it's like any time you hit the baseball and you get on base, that's going to be a hit. Somebody will hit 400.
3: Yeah. Uh, someone said it. Uh, I saw someone say was they think it's going to be Jose Altuve this year. So we'll see. And one other thing, because we got to go, apparently the Rays might use a two-man outfield this year. So that's something I was just reading about. Can't wait to see if they pull that off.
2: Well, they're in trouble right now. They're about to lose their first game. it's uh, panic time,
3: as uh, we'd like to say. So, all right, we will be back on Monday. Tuesday. We're not back on Monday. Day game, no. So we're back Tuesday ahead of the Rockies. Monday's a day So we have yeah. three
2: straight day games after this.
3: Yeah, and then then Monday is a uh, day or Tuesday's a game against the Rockies at six forty. All right, A's cast live. will be back on Tuesday. What are we going to play next? Uh, uh, we're going to play the Bob Melvin show.
2: You're going to hear Bob Melvin, and then I'll be back at 6.15, getting you ready for opening day. It's finally here. Thank God, opening day. I'll see you at 6.15.
1: This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.